0: Welcome to my world I'm your host Kevin Rutherford it is Wednesday July 19th we are here live it is time for Destination Health Lauren is here with me I have some things I want to talk about and we'll get to your calls and questions go ahead and line them up 855-950-3835 let's uh let's just jump right in and get started on things Lauren good morning
1: good morning Kevin
0: How are you this morning?
1: How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. i uh, was curious to know how deep down the rabbit hole you got with your
0: Oh boy. Oh Oh, boy. Now I know why I've been (laughs) avoiding this. Uh, I
2: know. It's overwhelming. It
0: is. (laughs) You know, here's the good news though. I I kind of avoided it because I felt like I was the worst offender and I was really going to have to start making changes. Like I have everything wired, uh, you know, stuff out in the garden is using Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and my smokers oh. using Wi-Fi and I, I, I am the worst offender and I'm going to have to deal uh. with that. I just have to. It, it's just not worth the, the cool factor or the convenience or I mean, it is kind of cool when I can wander around in the garden and control my sprinklers with my phone, right? And, yeah. and while I'm doing that, I can check on, you know, the chicken I have on the big green egg or on the Traeger, or I can even see my food cooking on my Brava oven inside the house. And But it, it's just not, <laughs> not worth it. So yeah. I'm going to have to stay. And like I said, the good news is there is a lot we can do. There really is. I thought, oh, I'm just going to find out that this is so bad for us. And what are we going to do anyway? There really is a lot we can do.
1: Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of mitigation that can be done. And that's the thing, though. You can't completely avoid this stuff. We have to be realistic here. Right, <laughs>
0: right. Because even you if know, I were to have- eliminate it, I can see a cell phone tower from where I live. You know, so this stuff's all over in the air. Unless you're willing to really, really move out somewhere remote and unplug everything, you're. we just have to deal with this.
1: Exactly. I mean, as we speak, I have, I've <laughs> for the past two days, had um, these construction guys digging up our yard and all the neighbors' yards and putting in IQ fiber. And I only have the slightest idea of what IQ fiber is.
0: Uh, well, I guess the good news is at least it's not wireless.
1: Yes, I agree. And I thought, oh, this could be good news. I could maybe have uh, you know my my wiring grounded. I won't have to be using so much Wi-Fi. And my neighbor just dropped off the dog for the day, and and I and he said, no, actually, this is um, just another way for you to get Wi-Fi. What? Well, How's
0: well. It? Let's let's correct something. And this is a misunderstanding on a lot of things. The, the Mm -hmm. optic fiber optic is what you're getting. That will bring you an internet connection. And it's just probably going to be way faster than what you already have. That's usually the reason for them to come through and upgrade to fiber optic or so, and as far as I know, that's not a problem for EMFs. It's, it's hardwired so that's your internet connection that has nothing to do with wi-fi at that point people are confusing things now that internet connection comes into your house and it again it's wired and it's high speed i don't think that connection is an issue at all now what that allows you to do is from your router, you create a Wi-Fi signal in your house. So when people say, oh, that's more Wi-Fi, no, it's not, That that's a misunderstanding. That is an internet connection. You need to create a Wi-Fi network around your house. That's what your router does. Now that Wi-Fi is what wow. we're concerned about because it's wireless and we're sending Radio signals through the air, and that's what creates the EMFs that starts messing with us. Yeah. So that's one wireless technology in your house is your Wi-Fi. The other big radio wave technology we're using is Bluetooth. And again, we create those own little Bluetooth networks within our own structure, within our own house. So that's where we can say, hey, you know what? Maybe I don't need all this Wi-Fi. Now, I, I made a huge mistake, and it's too late to fix it. When I first bought this house, the whole house was wired for Cat5, so you wouldn't have to use ne- Wi-Fi necessarily. You could physically plug things into your your network in each room.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, I, see, that's what
0: I want. Yeah, well, the, I, that was in the original house, and I thought, and, and it's, it's a I don't want to say it's a complicated system, but it can be. Now you need a central router somewhere and you gotta kind of manage those connections out to the different rooms. And, and it seemed like that was kind of old school because now we have Wi-Fi and Wi-Fi is really fast. So when we built the additions, we didn't do any of that hardwiring. Okay. And now I kind of think, boy, I really wish I, we would have hardwired the whole house. Um, and, and then we could have cut down on Wi-Fi usage. You wouldn't have to have it everywhere the way we're doing now. So there are things like that. Um, we we probably should have stuck with, you know, more hardwired. But Wi-Fi was so convenient. Just carry your devices around and they just work wherever you are. So we again, just like food, we gave up health for convenience and we did it again with technology.
1: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
0: so, now I need to unwind what? that.
1: For Okay, now I'm going really this is totally out there. But I do think about it every so often. EMP. So, EMP like bombs for instance. Yes. If it's hardwired, would it still shut something like that down?
0: Yes. What's happening okay. what's happening in an EMP? is we are getting you know how we dropped that bomb and we called it the the Moab the mother of all bombs the yeah. a, an EMP would be the mother of all EMFs the, this is so oh. much electrical energy traveling through the air that Anything with a computer circuit could be wiped out. And it's traveling through the air. So the the wiring has nothing to do with this. The cars will be I the the prediction is cars will stop operating. They have way too many computers, way too many circuits that part of the problem with this is we can't test this. There's virtually zero testing. Yeah. We did some some okay. testing, I think, in the 50s on this but it's it's too dangerous to test so but it it, Mm. it's it's really an, an emp is like the mother of all emfs we are getting blasted with this massive amount of electrical energy coming through the air and it it they they claim it will just fry everything with the computer circuit wow now the only way to protect that is with a faraday cage because a faraday cage blocks emfs right that's what we're starting to learn so a faraday cage Mm. blocks this electricity traveling through the air and you can even you can turn a barn into you know a, a, a faraday cage It's not that difficult. I mean, mean, it takes some work and there's certain things you've got to do. And and again, we're not exactly sure that these Faraday cages will work because we can't really test this. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Wow. Yeah,
2: kind of crazy. I
1: haven't really thought too much about it, but it does every so often, you know, pop into my mind, well, what would happen if?
0: Yeah kind of thing. Yeah, well the the you know the whole doomsday scenario, the worst there's all kinds of ways we could end up in, you know, some ap- apocalyptic future. It could be, you know, weather related. There's um the the grid could get shut down, you know, by somebody through the internet. The the war, a virus could, you know, wipe out of the population. There's all kinds of those doomsday scenarios. But the worst, honestly, from Mm. the way I can see it, would be a massive EMP. It because it 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 in and and the if you wanna understand this, the best book written by far. It's a really entertaining, well-written book. Um, a lot of the doomsday books are written by total amateurs. I mean, the writing sometimes is just awful. Um, the best one by far (laughs) is called one second after, and the, the point of the title and the point of the book is the EMP scenario is so devastating to everything, the entire infrastructure, that if you didn't prepare, one second after is too late. That was the whole point of the book. You have to prepare yeah. for an EMP ahead of time because afterwards there will be no preparing. Cars are shut down. The electrical grid is shut down. It The, the
1: ATM.
0: yeah, ATMs, the money system, everything. No more credit cards, no more yeah. electronic transactions of any kind. Your cash just disappeared. You can't get money out of the bank i mean it it it, and you're not driving anywhere so it it really is you start to think if if this is possible and it it is i mean you you look at this and it could happen it would be so devastating the and the government has done all this research that this is out there the prediction is in a widespread emp if they were able to take out enough of the grid in the united states 90% 90% of the population wouldn't survive the first year. Wow. That's the prediction. Unreal. Think about, since this is our health show, and this is a health issue, think about all the people who are dependent on prescription drugs. They're the first to go.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh.
0: That happens fairly wow. quick. What
1: about uh, what about a sat phone that is not on during EMP would that be also it, taken
0: out What you should do and again remember we don't know these answers definitively we don't know how powerful the EMP will be but the best way we know to prepare is to have those types of devices in faraday cages at all times Wow. So if you want, you would have, you know, a backup laptop and maybe a backup phone and a sat phone even maybe, but you would, that's not stuff you would use every day because if it's ever out and the EMP happens one second after, it's too late. So you would have spares mm-hmm. of those and you would keep them in Faraday cages.
1: Wow. Wow. You needed like a bunker.
0: That's a full Faraday. That's that's really kind of the ultimate is a a bunker. We're we're back to the nineteen fifties when we people used to build a lot of bunkers because of the atomic threat. Yeah.
1: Wow.
0: Crazy right, isn't sorry, it? Sorry, I had no, to ask. No, I know. I <laughs> know. It's uh uh so all right. So um emf we are kind of emf Um I love the title. Uh, I'm gonna work on it, Uh, and then on top of that, I'm gonna just—I've been talking about how I've gotten way out of whack with all the biohacking and testing, and uh, I I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do. And I think I've got it figured out. I I need to stop biohacking and testing stuff for a while. Now, the EMF stuff—I probably will be doing some testing of devices. Nothing like testing on my own body, though. Um, or any testing I would do with like that has no downside potential, only upside. But a lot of this stuff, you know, I've, I've tested, what do we do when we get our, you know, HRV so low, you know, how do you dig out of that? And I'm finding that it's very, very difficult, but I think it's time for me to kind of stop on anything really new right now and I want to figure out how do I take everything we've learned in the last nine years doing this and and boil it down to the most simple way to get it across to people as possible, like almost a a system or a protocol in in order, you know, really put all this stuff together. And I think that's probably what I should be working on and this is, would be the good time because i am getting ready to say all right no more testing no more biohacking i how what if i took everything i know about living right and i actually start doing it every day mm, yeah and then figure out I mean, how to in- put it into a, a really really simple way to say if you want to go from where you are now to ultimate human health, here is the, without all the detail and all the reasons and just a simple step-by-step, start with this, do this, move on, do this. Um, you know, kind of like I've done with trucks and fuel mileage. You know, we we kind of, we had an order. You could, here are all the things you could do to, to get better fuel mileage. And here's the order and the way you should approach this. I, I need to do that for health now.
1: Huh, interesting. I mean, I would love to see you start mitigating your EMF exposure and see what happens to your sleep. I'm really curious about that.
0: Me too. Me too. That that is the one thing that I really haven't solved yet. I really, uh, I can help a lot of people with sleep because there's a lot of different reasons people don't sleep well. And we know a lot of them and I can usually identify them and then I could help somebody. The weird thing is I can't really identify why I'm not sleeping well, even if I do all of the stuff, all the sleep protocols, all the sleep hygiene stuff. It, it, I will say my sleep gets better, but I can also say that in reality, it's not worth the improvement yet. And what I mean by that is I have to be so rigid in what I do every day in order to improve that sleep a little bit, that it's not worth it. The the trade-off just isn't there. I don't feel that much better. And I really, like I said, I have to be so, you know, rigid and scheduled and everything. And I have to do all this stuff exactly right every day. And then, oh, look, I get a good night's sleep. So sleep is the one... Um, I, I still have some challenges with, and maybe it is the EMFs. I, I, I have a feeling what it's going to come down to for me is it's going to come down to a whole bunch of things. And that's, that's my challenge. Like I said, if I change all these things and do everything right in a day, I start to see some improvements in my sleep, but I can't really change my day like that right now. Yeah. It's,
1: it's a lot to change. And I agree.
0: Yeah. So
1: it's not, but, it's not that doable for that, for that many people in terms of like what you do for a living it makes it very difficult, you know, with all the technology. I yeah.
0: Think. In one way, what I, you know, I do have the freedom and in, in what I do every day to say, look, I know I'm not going to work right then at that time. I'm going to go do work on this, you know, mindfulness routine or whatever it might be. So I have an advantage that I can try a lot of these things. But then when I look at like, again, what I figured out, if you do this every day and you do it at this time and that time, and then my sleep starts to get better. But I I just, I'm for one, I am not, that's not how I work. That is the exact opposite of the way I work. I hate routine. Mm -hmm. I really don't have many routines at all. My routines just kind of chaos that, you know, I've talked about it. That's how I work. And, I, and I'm not going to change that. I've, I've tried; it's not even a good idea to try. So, in in that sense, yeah. you know, that I, I've got to figure out without having these really strict routines what what is a way to live that will improve my sleep. So, I, what I'm hoping is if I if I go back and say, "All right, no new biohacking, no new learning right now." Let's just take a look at all this stuff. You know, we have diet, we have lifestyle, we have the stress protocols, we have the, um, you know, the personal care stuff we've been talking about. What if I really did figure out a, a nice, simple way to just integrate this into a day and say, here's the plan, here's how you do it. And maybe it's in three phases or whatever. I don't know. I think it's time for me to start working on that.
1: Yeah. Well, (laughs)
0: Posted. <laughs> All right. Two more things. Um, and then we're going to get to some calls. They're starting to come in. So if you want to jump in, line them up. Um, I have talked a lot about a continuous glucose monitor, right? CGM.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What would you say if I'm now excited about the possibility of a CKM?
1: What's a CKM? Keto?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Oh, I didn't even know
0: that existed. It doesn't. Well, it does. We just can't get it yet. I was so excited the other day, and then I was so pissed off. So I actually <laughs> talked. I had this conversation with the um, CEO and founder of NutriSense because they're working on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're working on a continuous wow. ketone monitor. And we talked about it. And, you know, I told him, boy, as soon as you have something, you know, if you need beta testers, whatever, let me know. I'd love to be a part of it. So the other day I'm doing research on stuff and I actually come across this ad for a continuous ketone monitor. And I'm like, wait a minute. How, how did this, th- how does this exist? And I don't know about it. I was getting ready to call the guy from NutriSense. Uh. Well, it's, it's not in this country, but I found this website and you could actually order it. So I'm going through the process to order it and I get to the, you know, I'm at the end, put in your credit card and all that, but I, I got to put in my country. And you know how when you click on the country mm-hmm. and it brings up all the countries around the world? There's a yeah. giant list there and I'm scrolling through it and I'm like, where's the United States? It wasn't in alphabetical order or maybe it was at the top and I missed it. It, no, it's not there because you can't buy this in the U.S. yet. You buy it everywhere else
1: in the world. Wow. Gosh. Amazing. The Please.
0: FDA hasn't approved it. That's what we're waiting for. And who knows how long we'll have to wait. I, I'm seriously uh, so thinking. It's I, I'm, the
1: same thing.
0: I, I think I'm going re- to Yeah, <laughs> right. It is. It's the same technology. We're just going <laughs> to test for something different. How hard should this be to approve? Exactly.
1: Wow. Amazing.
0: Just so here, here's, here's what made me a little crazy. You know, one of my other topics today was going to be all the money that big pharma spends on advertising. Six billion dollars, by the way. Six billion on TV advertising. We're one of only two countries in the world that allow it, and we shouldn't. It's a really, really bad idea. It's why Big Pharma has so much power over what we see and hear in the media, because they are the 900-pound the gorilla when it comes to advertising money. We don't see what we should be seeing about health because Big Pharma controls it, and we gave them the ability to control it by allowing them to advertise It has made them so big and so powerful now that this is, I I don't know how we turn this around. So here we are on one hand, one of only two countries in the world that allow this kind of advertising. On the other hand, here we are one of the last countries in the world, as far as I can tell, that's going to be allowed to get this technology. Could we screw up our, our health system anymore? I don't
1: think so. Not if we tried.
0: Nope. I think they are trying. I, I think that's the point. Really, they've screwed it up because that's what they wanted to do. This is exactly mm-hmm. where big pharma and the government wants our health care system, our sick care system to be. This is on purpose. Yeah. It has to be. And it, it really sucks. Yeah, really sucks. So um, the, this monitor, if I could buy it, it's 150 bucks a month. You can buy a 1 month, if you buy a 3 month it gets a little cheaper. Um I'm I really think at some point here soon I'm just going to reach out to somebody on Twitter in another country and and try to find somebody that will order this for me and then ship it to me.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: Why not? Ugh. You know if i I should go back and look, I didn't check to see if Canada was on that list, I should because I have all kinds of you know our tribe members in Canada that would do it for me
1: There you go, yeah, that'd probably be the easiest route,
0: yeah, and if they'll deliver it right here to the warehouse, I'll give them like a I don't know a hundred dollar shopping spree in the warehouse or something. It's
3: a good deal,
0: yeah. So I'm going to work on that. What else did I have? Oh, this one. Um, I might be rethinking this. Not that it really matters, I guess, but I've talked about this before that, you know, it's kind of always been my thought that if we had to pick the worst offender in our diet for health, I've always said it was grains. And maybe it's just because that was the first thing I eliminated and the changes were just so incredible. You know, that's always stuck with me. And as soon as I dropped those, you know, I really started seeing health improvements. Weight loss, joint pain was a big one. So I've always kind of focused on that. And, and then there are some people that say it's just pure sugar. You know, sugar's the problem. And, and grains really do have a lot of sugars. They're more starches, but that's all the same thing. And then Dr. Mercola really started talking about seed oils being the worst. So I don't know that it really matters Um, if the more we avoid all three of these, the healthier we're going to be. But I am starting to really see how damaging the seed oils are. And then I got thinking the worst setback I've had health wise since I started doing this nine years ago was the trip. The long CMC trip we took and then we did a big, long kind of vacation trip around the country. After the CMC, we were gone for, I don't know, probably four months, five months almost that year. And when I came back, I oh, was stop. I was kind of hurting. My joint pain had come back with a vengeance. Um, I actually went and worked with a functional medicine doctor. I, I didn't feel like I could figure it out myself. I went and worked with a functional medicine doctor. We did a ton of blood work. And, you know, my my uh, markers for RA had come back and we had to really focus on getting the um, immune system uh, back in balance. And it took me a couple months. And, and I got thinking what really changed in my diet while I was gone. I didn't touch a single grain. So it wasn't that. I really didn't eat any more sugar than I normally do. My carb count for the day was right around where always stays so that wasn't it so the only thing that really changed is because we were gone so long and you know we didn't take all of our food with us we were eating out a lot more what's the one thing that changes when you start eating out they all restaurants use seed oils for everything oh
1: yeah you can't get away from that
0: no so i i do think that that may have been the one thing that changed that that made things so bad for me
1: yeah that would make sense so then and i've
0: talked about this before can can we just officially um announce that the probably the worst food for your health on the planet would have to be a donut right if the three if the three worst (laughs) offenders in our diet are wheat sugar and seed oils what is a donut it is wheat, sugar, and seed oils.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: <laughs> we need to outlaw donuts. They got to go. Oh, you know I the good know. news was if I, ne- I, I never, I wheat- never liked donuts anyway.
1: Oh, you're lucky. Yeah, very lucky.
0: Yeah, I just donuts just never really did much for me.
1: Wow. All yeah, right, you're blessed. <laughs>
0: what um, What else should we talk about? Maybe we should just get to some calls. Um, I am loving my big green egg. Mm. Absolutely love. What are you doing? Cook. Oh. It, what do you
1: do?
0: You know what I will tell you right now. One of the things we're most excited about. So I love burgers. Really, really love burgers. Especially the whole idea of burgers on top of a salad. And you know we. But for some reason, my burger game at home needed some work. I just wasn't really happy. And part of it was when I got my Traeger, the the pellet smoker, I really kind of, um, I I, I didn't really have a good charcoal or or wood fired grill option then for a while. And you can't really cook Mm -hmm. a good burger on the Traeger. You, You just can't. It doesn't get hot enough, you know, right at the surface. And so, and I wasn't, really happy with a lot of the ground beef I was buying not the quality or the taste but the grind the grind size is really important when you want a good burger it might be the most important factor of the meat so I thought I should probably just start grinding my own and and we just I wasn't doing a lot of burgers because I just wasn't happy with it so we got the big green egg all right now I have the ultimate way to cook a burger and Then we were at a farmer's market and we were trying some local beef. We tried their burger. This is the burger. This is the grind. It's just so I I do half pound patties. That's the other trick. The the bigger you make the meat you're cooking on a grill, the better you can cook it. It's just almost across the board. So half pound burgers so they can be nice and thick and... On the big green egg, I'll set up half of the grill for direct cooking and then the other half for indirect. So, and I'll, I actually want to cook in the fire. So I get my coals going with, with lump charcoal because it's so clean. And then I put real wood, like, like either really big chunks or even logs right on top of those coals and let them start flaming. And that's what I cook in the flame. So You get those burgers going and get that crust going in the flame. Then I move them over to the other side, the cold side of the grill, and close the lid and get it up to 500, sometimes even 600 degrees, and just finish them like that. It is the best burger you have ever had. They are just incredible. Oh, that sounds
1: so good. Who doesn't love a good burger either?
0: uh, Yeah, so the burger game uh, is on now. Um, I have got a good burger again. The other thing, and I just did it yesterday, and I know this isn't the best quality beef, so I don't do this all of the time, but it's pretty hard not to go to Costco and buy the whole um, rib, the the whole what they call the primal cut that ribeyes come from, So, and then cut my own ribeyes. Again, it's all about thickness, so I cut like three-inch ribeyes. They are super thick, and then I cook them the same way I just described that burger in the flames to get that crust going. And that, and I'm experimenting now. I'm gonna, I'm trying the other way, or they call reverse sear. So the way I've been doing it, you get that crust going in the flames. Move them over to the cold side, close the lid, and on steaks, there is no limit to how hot I can get that grill. I've probably had it up to eight hundred degrees to finish a steak. And you just you just let it sit over there on the cold what we call the cold side of the grill because there's no coals right under it, but I get that grill screaming hot, seven to eight hundred degrees, and it will finish that steak with this just beautiful crust on it, and the inside's still rare, and oh, is it good. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty impressive That's when you great. put a three-inch ribeye on the plate. Yeah. And <laughs> one three-inch ribeye, honestly, is about three meals for me. It's Really? A big, oh, it's a big, big steak. Because it, it's, the the size of the ribeye itself is always going to be the same what changes is just the thickness so think about honestly if you go to most restaurants in order to get a steak the size of mine you would you would pile three of their ribeyes on top of each other
1: mm. got it
0: so it's a lot of beef but boy is it good i have leftovers today too i'm excited
2: <laughs> i'm sure you are <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right let's get to some phone calls Let's uh, let's go to Connecticut to get started. Vito, welcome to the program.
3: Hello, Kevin, how are you today? Good, what can we help you with? Well, I got a good friend of mine that introduced me to your show and I've been listening as much as I can. I, I also drive for a living, truck. And uh, he got me hooked on the, the whole idea of keto. Okay. And I started on it. I'll also add in that I've had blood pressure issues. All right. I'll get into that in a minute, too. But in the first week, I'm, I was an avid scale checker. And I was told that's probably not a good way to go about it. So I waited a few weeks and just happened to be by the scale. And I got on and I was shocked that I hadn't lost a single pound. It happens. And I've been pretty strict with the keto.
2: It happens. So it, it, I guess
3: my question is, should I just stick to what I'm doing? i kind of been liking the idea of carnivore instead of, you know, mixing with vegetables. So let's clarify
0: something pretty quick. Yeah, um, we've done this a lot. We can cut right to the chase on a lot of this stuff. Um, One of the things I want people to continue to remember, carnivore is keto. Keto isn't necessarily carnivore, but carnivore is absolutely keto. Because all the only true definition for a keto diet, people always ask, is this food keto? There's no such thing as keto food. Let, let's just start there. Certainly high <laughs> fat, low carb food is, is more likely to be keto. But here's, here is the definition of a ketogenic diet. Any way of eating that allows your body to go into nutritional ketosis. Your body is producing ketones. That, that's it. That That's the definition. So there is no food. I Most people would say, oh, rice isn't yeah. keto. No, I can eat rice every day and be in keto. It really depends on a lot of other factors. So we should try to remember, because carnivore is becoming very popular, and we like carnivore a lot, that carnivore is still keto. So we talk about the benefits of keto. We get all of those benefits on a carnivore diet.
3: Yeah, I'm, I, I worded that wrong. I no, that you,
0: already, no, but, you, you, you um, really, I mean, you, we all do it. We all say it. I, I'm actually trying to say we should just keep remembering and reminding us, ourselves that carnivore really is keto. And, and most of us are not going to be full-blown carnivore all the time. So we really approach this now as the more animal products you eat in your diet, the healthier you're going to be. We'll just start there and then add vegetables because you want to and you really like them and just be aware of some of the problems vegetables can cause oxalates and um, Mm -hmm. anti-nutrients. And so, you know, pay attention to that. Pick the vegetables that don't have as many of those problems. So where it's summertime we're really on a salad kick. And we make salads out of the, the, all the vegetables that are you know low problem vegetables. All the uh, lettuces, not necessarily greens, we have to be a little more careful with what we call greens, things like spinach and um, some of the other greens. But if we're talking about lettuces, like even iceberg, they always say, oh, why would you eat iceberg? It's just empty calories. I know, but I like it. It's got a crunch. It's fresh. Why wouldn't I eat it? So it's got almost nothing in it to cause problems. Romaine, very few issues. So uh, we've just been doing a lot of salads with meat. Like yesterday, I just talked about cooking these ribeyes. Today, I'll have that ribeye on a big salad. So You know, pick and choose your vegetables wisely and focus on good quality animal products. But I don't believe that right now you just shifting to carnivore is going to fix what we're facing. I'm not telling you shouldn't. In fact, I believe that the more carnivore we eat, the healthier we're going to be. But it's not going to fix what's going on with you. What's going on with you right now is going to come down to one of two things. And I believe it's probably more digestion right now. We need to fix digestion and it's stress. And actually the two are even tied up because the more stressed we are, the worse our, worse our digestion is going to be. Um, Lauren, what what is the opposite of rest and digest? It's the sympathetic state where we
1: are constantly going
0: yeah fight or flight is the opposite and sometimes we forget about this we actually call that calm state rest and digest and if we don't get to that calm state enough and most people just don't our digestion is compromised what is it in our diet what macronutrient do we need to produce ketones We need a specific macronutrient in abundance to produce ketones. It's fat. Fat. Yes. So if we're not digesting our fat well, we're not getting into nutritional ketosis, and we're basically just trying to lose weight by calorie restriction now, and that doesn't work. So if we are not digesting fats well, we will have trouble getting into nutritional ketosis and we won't see those benefits. We won't see that appetite control. We won't see the crazy high energy levels. We won't see the scale moving about a pound a day down, which is usually what we see when somebody gets into nutritional ketosis. So the two things that are going to block you will be not digesting your fat, or too much stress. Does that all make sense?
3: It does make sense. And all of that has happened. I bought the keto mojo tool, um, and I do the blood strip for excellent the ketosis. And I was uh one point two the first week I checked it, waited another week, I was one point one, and then the third week I was 0.8. So I haven't come You're- out of ketosis.
0: Yeah, you're, you're right there, and and we have determined that you don't have to get to high numbers like two, two and a half, three. Now, if you can, then the, the results are better, but we should start to see results where you are. So what we need to do now, if you choose to, if you want us to try to help troubleshoot this, um, we need more information. Uh, there's only so much I can do here on the radio if I can't see other things. We have what we call our NutriQ, and it's an online form. You fill it all out. It's going to ask you all kinds of weird questions about your health. And from that, we can start to see what's really going on. Is there a digestive issue in there? Um, Because you're kind of at that, that lower borderline level of nutritional ketosis, that may be the issue. For me, if I get there, if I get over one, I start to absolutely see the benefits of ketosis. If I get to two, the benefits become almost too much. I mean, I, I I can become annoying at some point. I feel like the energizer bunny and I'm talking all the time and bouncing off the walls. And, uh, but some people do need higher levels of ketosis to get the benefits. And that may be, and this is why I'm so excited about a continuous ketone monitor um, when we ever get one. I, I'm hoping I can yeah, I really learn a lot more about this because Lauren, how many times have I said, we know glucose, blood glucose inside and out. I, I can tell you how food's going to affect it. How stress is going to affect it. Sleep, everything, alcohol, I- you name it. We we've got, I'm not going to say there isn't more we can learn, but boy, we know a lot. Um, when I talk about ketones, it's not the same as it. It's almost like, hell, I don't know. There, there are a couple things. I know if I, consume brain octane, within an hour, my ketones will go up. I I know that it happens every time. Uh, But I can also say that sometimes a hard workout makes my ketones go up. Other times it makes it go down and I can't figure out why. There's so much about ketones and ketosis we don't know that I think we're going to be able to learn when we can get that. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. But um, we would start with a NutriQ and a, a discovery call with Lauren, and she'll spend time going over that NutriQ with you. And it's more, it, it's pretty likely that from the NutriQ alone, we'll identify what your issue is. We almost always do.
3: Yeah, I agree. I would like to add, though, that it's done a, a number on my blood pressure. When I first started, I was 160 over 101. And uh, it's just gradually going down every week. I was 135 over 87 when I checked it yesterday.
0: Excellent. That is a really good sign. Let me ask you this. There is one more thing I could ask you that that might help right now on the phone. Um, Do you know, have you ever had your A1C checked? No. It's possible. Um, How much weight do you need to lose? What would be your ideal weight and how far, how much weight well, would you have to lose to get there?
3: Well, I'd like to be 60 pounds lighter. I'm currently 262.
0: Okay. And how old are you? 30,
3: 35. I'll be 35 in August.
0: So it's possible. It, so it's, it, it's possible that you have enough insulin resistance going on that this might take a little longer to kick in too. Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: Could it be possible that I'm not eating enough
0: as well? um, It is possible, but usually if somebody has 60 pounds to lose, usually that's not the case. I mean, the body's not going to go into, you know, any kind of extreme starvation mode at this point. You've got lots of onboard fuel. So I, I don't think under eating is the issue here. You might be under eating fat that that could be an issue. Uh, so we could look at that. But the the, Nutri-Q, the the two things that will usually jump out for us is we will be able to see how stress is affecting this and we will be able to see what's really going on with digestion. Okay. So if you want, um, you can just go to the website, letstruck.com. There's a tab there, work with us. You, you start there or I can just put you back in the queue and Angie will will get you all set up. And, and we don't charge anything for this, by the way. The NutriQ is free and the 10-minute discovery call is free. And Lauren will probably put at least an hour's worth of work into your stuff before she does the 10-minute call.
1: Yeah. So it's important that. to provide as much information as you can possibly provide Take time, really paying attention to the NutriQ questions and making sure you're answering them to the best of your knowledge. Because that really is a a huge help for us to be able to see the symptoms that are, you know, and, you know, are you know, basically you have symptoms and they're being driven by something. So it really allows us to to see what's going on clinically within you. So just make sure that you set aside a good amount of time because it is long. I'm not going to lie. it, so and a lot of
0: questions. <laughs> there are, but it's going to, it's going to ask you things like, um, are, are you sensitive to sunlight? Are your eyes sensitive to sunlight? I mean, weird questions like, are you losing the outer third of your eyebrows? That one always jumps out at me. So, but it, so they're, they're not, they're not technically difficult questions. All of them really are asking you about how you feel in different situations it really is all about symptoms we we don't you know it's a very very different approach than what doctors take because we are looking at your entire body all at once you know if you go in and you say you've got a pain in your right lower side the doctor focuses on your liver well okay that that's where the pain's coming from but there's probably six other reasons around your body that your liver screaming out but Modern medicine focuses on one symptom, one drug, that's all they know. We, if we, need, we need to look at your symptoms, say that's part of this disease and here's the drug we prescribe you. The NutriQ allows us to look at the whole body. So if we see that there is an issue with your liver, we can see why. We'll be able to see all the other things that are going on in your body. That's why this is called holistic medicine. We're looking at the whole body at once, never one thing in isolation. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So anything else we can answer right now?
3: Well, I'm not sure if this would have anything. It probably has something to do with it, but I was diagnosed with cirrhosis of the liver two years ago. Could that be any yep. progress?
0: Absolutely. Guess what organ is required to produce ketones? liver if your liver function is compromised then our body's ability to produce ketones is compromised and if we don't produce ketones we don't get into ketosis and it is my belief that on keto carnivore any very low carb diet that it is the process of ketosis that helps us lose the weight I, I really believe that is the mechanism for losing weight. It's being in nutritional ketosis. Here's the other thing we, we need to work on. Uh, and we can improve your liver function, by the way. That is not out of the question at all. The liver is probably one of our... Oh, I'm totally
3: our, confident in that. I,
0: yeah, the liver is one of our most regenerative I listen to a lot of organs. Stuff
3: from you guys, so.
0: um, You can cut off your liver and give somebody a piece of it and yours grows back that's a really regenerative <laughs> organ and that's good because the lauren little trivia question do you remember this how many functions does the liver handle in our body
1: i do not recall the number uh, it's so high
0: it is it's, it's it's and we i don't even know what the exact number is we just say it's over 500 <sighs> 500 functions in your body are handled by the liver. It really is our most important organ. It's also why it's the most nutrient-dense organ in an animal because it has to do so much stuff. It needs all those nutrients. That's why we eat liver. You should be adding liver to your diet two to three times a week. I would be eating really good, clean, um, beef liver, bison liver, elk liver, lamb liver. I'd even throw in chicken livers. Uh, you should be eating liver. That's the organ that is, will have the nutrients you need to repair your own liver.
3: It's funny. I was just talking about this with my friends this morning. I I needed to add the liver because I listened to, uh, Ken Berry talk about liver this morning.
0: Absolutely.
3: I was watching a couple of his videos and, uh, that was actually
0: my plan this week to go get some. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me let me give you another liver you should be eating. Cod livers. Those are awesome. They come in a key. I've never had
3: that, but I'll try it.
0: I wonder if we should get those in our store. We should think about that. That would be cool. Yeah, we should think about that. Cod livers. They're actually really good, too. Cod livers are a little Wait, weird. You get... What's that? I've never
1: seen one. Not I've never seen one whole.
0: Oh, yeah. Cod livers packed in cod liver oil. Remember, I mean, (laughs) if you're in my generation, you were at the tail end of that whole cod liver oil thing. You know, my parents and grandparents, that was a big, big thing for them. You had to take a teaspoon of cod liver oil straight and the stuff, the oil is pretty rough. The cod livers themselves are really interesting. The cod liver oil is pretty potent stuff and it doesn't go down easy, but that was a big, big thing. People used to just drink cod liver oil for health and it worked, it, they're, they're, it's so nutrient dense, it's insane. And then um, it, it was Matt that, that called me one day and you know we were big on omega-3s and talking about good seafood and Matt calls me one day, I still remember it. And I remember where he was. He was in Cincinnati and he found this big international marketplace. And he's like, oh, you got to see all the food that's down here, everything you could imagine from all over the world. And he got a can of cod livers. We're all like, wait a minute. Everybody talks about cod liver oil. Why don't we talk about the cod livers? What happens to those? Well, it turns out it, it's a big thing. Russians, they, almost all the brands are either Russian or, or somewhere over there in the Eastern Bloc countries. Uh, but they have cod livers in the can, packed in cod liver oil. Now, you want me to describe exactly what a cod liver is like to eat?
4: Yeah, I'm curious.
0: This, this is this freaks people out because it sounds horrible, but it's really not. But this this is I say this because it really is the best way to describe the experience. If you can imagine tuna pudding.
1: I did not expect that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, tuna pudding. That's the best way I could describe what a cod liver really is. It has a very mild tuna-like taste, but the consistency of a cod liver is kind of like pudding. It's that soft. Mm. So the, the cool thing about it is take some cod livers and just throw them into... Lauren, do you make something like a tuna salad? Yeah. Like some it's throw in some, wild, some yeah. good mayonnaise oh. and some celery and some onion and, and mix up tuna and make a tuna salad. Throw the cod yeah. liver oils in there? You don't even know they're there. They they melt, they that. dissolve right into the tuna. They they are more mild than a tuna itself, so it doesn't change the flavor at all. And you just created a nutrition bomb.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I just made a note last week. I, I don't know what sparked me to do it, but I have it right in front of me, and it says to remember when we're processing venison next season to grind the heart and the liver into sausage
3: yeah, as well as ground Yep.
1: You know, the ground meat. Well, that
3: sounds amazing. Yes.
1: It's the best way to do it because it kind of hides it, gives it a little more depth of flavor, especially for venison because – to me, venison isn't very gamey. It 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 could use a little extra something. I don't know. I know some people are probably feel a little different. No, I agree um, with you. So yeah, it's a great way to get it in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really is. And and for the people who just can't handle liver at all, we have a couple options for you as well. We've talked about um, cutting up your liver into tiny cubes, the size. Being whatever you think you could swallow whole and then freeze it and then swallow them like pills. I watched a video
3: on that this morning.
0: Raw liver is even better for you, by the way. In raw liver, all the vitamin C is intact. All the enzymes are intact. And freezing it does not affect the enzymes or the vitamin C. So this may be one of the healthiest ways of taking liver because you're getting it raw. So, Lauren
3: Hughes posted a video about that that I watched.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's a great way to do it. The other option is we have the desiccated liver supplements in our store and, and we've got all the organs. We have brain, we have adrenals, we have um, the sex gland hormones, everything desiccated, liver, heart, all of that stuff. That really is really a a whole food supplement because all they're doing is taking the organ and basically freeze drying it or desiccating it and it has very very little impact on the nutritional value and now we just swallow them as a supplement the 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 part you got to remember though is you got to swallow a lot of capsules you just do,
1: yeah you do it's a lot it's like six i think
0: the recommended per per organ so if you're gonna take you know brain that's six or you're gonna take mm-hmm. liver that's six or you're gonna take heart that's six more it's so it, it is a lot but it, it's a lot and, and this is what tells us you know these one a day vitamins where you take one cap they're total garbage I, there's first off there's just not enough stuff in that little capsule to do anything that's why the real food supplements, you got to take six capsules just for one organ.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. Vito, anything else we can help you with?
3: No, that was pretty good. All right. A lot of information
0: there. Uh, do you want to, uh, go do I'd the, I still like
3: to fill out that nutrient. Okay. I'm going to, yeah.
0: I'm going to do this then. I'm going to put you back in the queue right now. And, uh, Angie will pick up and she will get you all set up on the NutriQ. Uh, let's go to Kentucky. Jody, welcome to the program.
5: Hi, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. I was just curious if you thought cannabis would work for the nausea and dizziness uh, associated with
1: seasickness.
0: So I've never experienced uh, motion sickness or seasickness. And and I've been in some pretty extreme situations, uh, so I don't think I'm very susceptible at all. It's kind of funny because nausea is the one digestive issue I'll probably never be able to fix because I I have a physical uh, injury that causes it, but it does not cause any kind of motion sickness for me. I just get nauseous for other reasons um so i I can't give firsthand experience on this i was lauren i was on a uh, fishing charter once out of saint augustine and normally Mm -hmm. i I did a lot of fishing charters when i was in florida but you know i used to take the boys and we'd go charter our own boat you know we had one captain we really liked he'd usually take us out in the gulf do all kinds of snapper fish. i'd love catching red snapper and eating fresh red snapper one of my favorites Um, but this was, this was kind of one of those things we really weren't planning on it, but we were over in St. Augustine. I think I was doing some sort of speaking event over there and we had a day and I thought, you know what, let's go see if we can find a charter. We haven't really done anything off the East coast. And the only charter we could find was one of those boats where there's like 75 people on it you know, and everybody's lined up around the edge. And I thought, yeah, let's go do it anyway, it'll be fun. Except we got caught in this massive storm and the waves were insane. I'm not exaggerating, at one point, there was only four people left outside fishing. And I was one of the four. And everybody else was inside and everybody was getting sick. It was just awful. I was so glad I was just staying outside and fishing. But the, it was incredible. I just didn't get sick at all. So I, I just don't believe I'm very susceptible to motion sickness. Um, but I have to believe that this would work really, really I, well.
1: I have a lot of experience with it. My whole life, I've, been, I've had motion sickness on boats. And I've fished my entire life with my I was going to say you
0: spend a lot of time <laughs> so, on boats.
1: Oh yeah, and I can tell you from, from my personal experience, it absolutely yes does make a huge difference.
0: I would have to believe so. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> for, um, for yeah.
1: motion great. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> the I, I can. Is there just, like
1: a, a specific?
0: Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I can tell you, for, and I was pretty sure that was going to be the case, so I'm really glad Lauren has that direct experience, but it is so powerful for nausea, so I, I would have to believe it would oh. work in this case. I, I, I can't even explain to you how much better it is than anything the pharmaceutical companies have they have nothing really when it comes to nausea. And the couple of drugs that they have, Phenergan and a couple others, they work, they take quite a while to work. The side effects are horrendous. I mean, that, those drugs really do a number on me for about two days afterwards. Uh, but I used to have to deal with that. I, I would get this nausea and if I couldn't get it under control, I would end up in the hospital with the tube down my throat and into my stomach for two and three and four days. It was awful. So once I was able, once I kind of didn't really, my CDL didn't matter anymore. And um, I was able to use cannabis. What a what a game changer that was. I went from, oh boy, here comes the nausea. I better go take the Phenergan. Now I'm gonna be a mess for two days. And, and the nausea doesn't even completely go away with Phenergan, it just helps some. I went from that to, okay, here comes some nausea. go take a little hit of cannabis instantly. I'm talking 15 seconds. The nausea is completely gone, and I could go chow down on a big ribeye if I wanted to. I mean, it is just incredible how well it works.
1: It really is it, and it does work really well, and speaking of the you know the drugs, there is one that i've had to take in the past and the only one that i have ever taken that didn't make me feel drowsy didn't you know make me dehydrate like super dehydrated when i say dehydration usually those drugs really dehydrate you
0: and you can't recover Uh, it takes you three days to get rehydrated again
1: oh yeah it's it's i don't recommend it to anyone um so there's one that I've used in the past that actually worked really well. Um, I want to say I took it the night before. Um, so it's like in your system when you wake up and go on the boat. So, because usually you're waking up early to go fishing or whatnot. I don't know what you know what's bringing you out on the boat, but right. um, Bo- Bo-9, Bonine, B-O-N-I-N-E, Bonine is the name of it. And that one, I personally didn't have any issues with. Um, and I know a lot of people, it doesn't affect negatively. Um, I can't say that it doesn't for everybody. Um, and then also, what was I going to say? You know, things like ginger, you know, like ginger chews, and, ginger, you know, helps. Fresh ginger, yeah. um, G- ginger really does help.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: we, we forget, we just forget about that.
0: And I think the best okay. way to have ginger around, if you try ginger and it does work for you, make fermented ginger paste. You can stick it in your refrigerator. I've got some in there I made probably over a year ago. It's still fine. Uh, that does work. So, you know, a little bit of that ginger paste in some water just so you can swallow it down. I get some relief from that. That will usually take the edge off, but it doesn't, you know, totally get rid of the nausea. Now, as far as, um, have have you experienced cannabis ever, or is this going to be your first time trying cannabis? Uh,
4: not,
1: since. Like I was a teenager. Okay. Years and
0: years. And how old are you now?
5: I'm 49.
0: Okay. So here's the first thing to remember. When you were a teenager, you were about 10 years behind me in that. uh, We could sit around and if there were three or four of us, you'd roll four or five joints and you'd just keep passing them around, right? Right. Don't do that now. All it takes today... (laughs) Especially for somebody with no tolerance, one small hit of any good cannabis today from a dispensary or a good home grower, and that's all it takes. We are talking probably almost 10 times the amount of THC in cannabis today. So what 10 hits used to do, one hit will do now. That's how powerful this stuff is, which in a way is really good because you, you don't have to inhale a lot of smoke. And by the way, there is like zero evidence that cannabis smoke has any real negative effect on lungs. In fact, for some odd reason, for some odd reason, regular cannabis users have improved lung function. They're not really sure why. But it, I like the idea that the more potent it is, the, the, you know, less smoke I have to take in. And I will say for, for nausea, smoking it is the way you want to do it. It's instant relief, 30 seconds max, and it's just gone. You know, if edibles or anything else, you're, you're going to have to wait for it to kick in a little bit. So I do recommend smoking it for this. Um, as far as strains go, they break it down primarily by um, indica and sativa. The problem now is almost everything on the market are crazy hybrids that have 10 different strains in them, and there are really no pure indicas or sativas anymore. So everything is some kind of a blend in between. Typically a sativa is is energizing. You don't get, you know, tired and sleepy and groggy and um, it, it, tends to be more energizing for people. Indicas tend to be sedating. You know, you get what we call couch lock. You just want to sit on the couch and smile and have people bring you food because you've got the munchies, uh, and you giggle a lot. Um, that tends to be what indicas are like, but, but like I said, the strains now are so mixed up and so hybridized that you just kind of experiment. And it, it, what I have found though, Every strain, even high CBD with, with just some THC in it, every strain seems to work for nausea. So whatever you try, it's great. going to take care of the nausea. Then you just may want to find a strain where you, you like the other effects. Right.
1: Because you okay, might as well enjoy great, the ride, yep. right? Right.
0: <laughs> I mean, if we're yeah, going to...
1: also... Like, it, go ahead, Lauren. For, for someone, for instance, who has anxiety... Um, I don't know where you stand on that scale, and I feel like I work with a lot of people who have, a, you know, that they have a little too, a fair amount of anxiety. I would stay closer to the indica side yes, of things. Yes, that's that a good point. Case. And also, um, you can get different ratios of CBD to THC. So you you know one that i would recommend is a 1 to 1 you know agree. to get started at least and that is a really great nice more of a mellow not so you know going to blow your head off type of thing where you're you're just going to think yeah. so much and go kind of you know into you know either internal or you know super chatty it kind of is a well balanced one so like a 1 to 1 ratio If you
0: can get a hold of that would be really helpful too. I, I, I have found that one-to-one is a very therapeutic ratio. It's really good for pain. It's really good for nausea. It does kind of mellow out some of the, the other side effects that can be uncomfortable. If you're, if you have no tolerance, you know, you, you can develop a little bit of anxiety. Usually that goes away fairly quickly you know, it it that's kind of yeah. a, um, I, you know, in the beginning. I mean, you can get some pretty powerful effects. I mean, you can get some auditory hallucinations, some even some minor visual hallucinations. Most of that stuff usually evens out pretty quickly. But just be aware, and and if you are ever going to try edibles, be very careful with edibles. These this is what gets a lot of people in trouble. They don't have a tolerance. They take an edible, and some edibles can take over an hour to start to kick in. So they take something, and they're like, oh, this did nothing. And their friend says, oh, here, try another one then. And, you know, pretty soon they've consumed three gummies, and it it, it can be. Now, here's what I will tell you. There is zero, zero chance of ever overdosing on cannabis. There is no such thing. You, you can't overdose on cannabis. There are right. There is nothing that would happen that we could call an overdose. What happens, though, is you can get some pretty darn uncomfortable effects like anxiety and paranoia and hallucinations. And so just be really careful with edibles. Take a very small amount to start and, and don't take any more within a two hour window. No matter what, I I don't care if it's 90 minutes in and you still don't feel anything. Don't take any more for at least two hours.
1: (laughs) And keep in mind that THC is fat soluble. So if you are going to do an edible, make sure you're eating it with something that has a little bit of fat so that you feel it right away or else, you know, you could take it like on an empty stomach and maybe you don't feel anything until you have a meal that,
5: that and then all of a sudden
1: you feel it. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that.
5: that yeah, helpful. good point. Yeah, makes sense.
1: Wow, I'm sure people didn't know. <laughs>
0: yeah.
5: <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for the information. That helps a lot. I appreciate
0: it. You're welcome. Thanks for the Absolutely.
1: call.
0: Let's go to Wyoming this time. Eric, welcome.
6: Hey, now I'm. Just picturing Lauren token out right before she
1: goes scuba diving. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like, don't scuba dive, so don't worry
0: about that. That sounds a little dangerous. Oh, free hey, hey, g- wait, wait a minute! I was just going to say, what do you mean scuba diving is dangerous? You free dive. Come on.
1: <laughs> free diving is different.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. You, you end up really, really deep in the water, and you can't breathe anymore.
1: <laughs> I know, but if what anything,
6: you drop your rock.
1: Oh, I've got to say, um, high and free diving is just so scary of the shark factor. (laughs) I mean, at least where I free. Well, that's what I was
6: thinking. (laughs) Either you'd have, you know, you'd love all the pretty colors at a good reef or you'd see a shark, you know, 300 yards away and think it's about to eat you or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah,
5: exactly.
6: Um, going back to your EMF thing, um, Honestly, I'm not sure how EMF could be your sleep problem because you don't have the exposure that a lot of other people have. And it doesn't, you know, I mean, well, I, why do you it's think hard that? to say what's going to affect anybody's sleep.
0: Why would well, you think it, I don't have the exposure?
6: All, right. all of us that are still driving the truck are just bathed in it continuously. We, we are literally rolling around in boxes full of EMFs while being bombarded with everything that everybody else gets like power lines and radio say, signals well, and let, everything else.
0: Let's hold on a second, now, though. Now that, just, the the, the EMFs that...
6: I'm not insult you by no,
0: saying this. No, I, I, but I, I don't think... You are you might be a little correct, but but I'm getting more EMFs than the average person in the country. Maybe we'll talk about comparing me to a truck driver, but I'm getting more than the average person just because I use so much technology, like I talked about. I, I've got my entire house, my oven, my refrigerator, my bravas i've got all my sprinklers i i I probably and it's all my own doing so i'm going to undo a lot of that but if we really uh, you know i talked about the truck the other day and the more i'm learning the truck is not that big of a problem most of those computers that are on there are not wireless they're all hardwired to the other things they're talking to. They're pretty far away from us. The, these EMFs do not travel far. Certain EMFs. So, so the stuff that's in a truck, even though it's got all this electronics and circuit boards, we're going to test this. I'm going to start getting meters. But I don't believe that the truck itself is that big of a problem. The problem would be if you well, are now using Bluetooth. Maybe not as much as it used to. Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, but we can control that. Just turn it off. Don't use those things when you drive. So at that point, I'm not sure sure. that a a, a driver, a driver could be less subjected than office workers. Office workers are absolutely surrounded by this all day long. And and truck drivers could be the, the group that could easily separate themselves from a lot of this. Lauren, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree. I I think that I think that Kevin is definitely more surrounded by EMS than the typical truck driver, to be honest. Yeah,
6: okay, and yet at the same time, Kevin probably also grounds more than any person yes. on earth, yes. other than well, you know, natives still living in their <laughs> their original landscape.
0: That is but, true. You know, I I, I,
6: it's,
0: I have those advantages. And what we're and going to learn is, can you overcome that much exposure? And my guess is no, that that I, I shouldn't even be trying but, to overcome that much exposure. I just need to eliminate all the, exp- or as much of the exposure as practical, that that's going to be the approach.
6: Here. Well, I don't know how you're going to do that unless you, you know, like you were using examples like your sprinklers. Well, you got to go back to hand watering all of your plants?
0: No, but I can go, well, well, hold on. I could go back to hand managing the sprinklers and, and not use my phone. So, okay, I have to walk another 50 yards back over to the sprinklers to turn a manual valve instead of having an electronic valve that I can control from my phone. My Brava oven that I love to cook with does not have to be connected to Wi-Fi. The advantages are it will download new updates automatically, and it downloads recipes for me every week. So what? I'll turn that off if I want to download stuff. I could turn okay. it back on. So my my.
6: What you're my, referring to is my, all of the Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. You're using. Okay.
0: Yeah, that is the worst.
6: I have a different of, understanding of electricity because I used to work in it, and every wire puts off electro, electromagnetic signals.
0: Correct. You but, know, I mean. Do they the travel came
6: from that fact. You-
0: <laughs> Do they travel far enough to interfere with ourselves? Most of these fields are fairly weak okay. and they're fairly easy to shield. So your wires are shielded, the wires are in the walls. All of those things have an impact. The farther away we get from these things, the less impact they have. So you you know, pick. Get Look at the low-hanging fruit. Anybody sticking wireless earbuds in their ears, you are putting that, that signal as right close now. to your brain as you possibly can. Okay. So I went, you know, I'm using only wired headsets now. I do not use any kind of wireless headsets anymore. And I won't. And I have... Some really, really expensive wireless headsets. When I travel in planes, I love noise-canceling, high-end headsets. I've got a couple of them. I'm just not going to use them anymore. I'm not sticking wireless stuff on my head. Um, When I use the phone, it's either on speakerphone and as far away from me as I can set it, or I'm using a wired headset with my phone is far away from me. I don't carry it around in my pocket unless I absolutely have to. And I'm going to look at shielding cases for the phone. I now keep my Bluetooth and Wi-Fi off on the phone unless I need it. If I want to transfer something, I'll turn it on, set my phone down, and walk away while it transfers. So there, there is a lot we can do.
6: I get that. I mean, I, I've cut back on my Bluetooth use. I used to... I used to always use my Bluetooth in the truck because that was how I listened to everything. Same with me. Now, with the new truck I got last year, the radio in this thing, I can connect through Bluetooth, but I can connect it to my phone and at least... It's over there and I'm listening to it without having the headphones in, you know, but the, uh, those things I'm also will... not as paranoid about that as the other things I need to fix first. but you,
0: still. You know, one of the things this reminded me of, Lauren, uh, I've talked about the fact that I, I was one of the first uh, people, not even just truck drivers, I was really early into cell phones, really early. And one of the things that happened, most people wouldn't be aware of this unless you had a cell phone back in the late, mid to late 80s is what I'm talking about. And they had that Radio Shack looked like a giant army field radio. They had bag phones back then, or they had permanent mounted cell phones in cars. Those were really your three options back then. You could permanently mount a cell phone and it was a pretty big deal to put it in the car, a car phone. Then they had bag phones that all the stuff was in a bag and you got in and plugged it into your cigarette lighter. And then they came out with this big army field radio looking thing. And I will tell you that in the late 80s, cell phone quality, if you had one of those phones was better than it was today. Do you know why?
1: Why is that?
0: Those early phones yeah. were 3 watts. Hmm. They f- they changed that as they were able to build out more and more cell phone towers, they switched. Today's cell phones are are I believe around 0.5, 0.7 maybe watts. That's a big big change. It was not a good idea yeah. to have 3 watt um, you know, three watts transmitting next to your head like that. But it did make for good cell phone reception, really different. It was shocking how bad reception got when we had to switch, when they stopped making those three watt devices and everything went to the 0.7 or whatever the new standard was, the, the reception changed dramatically. So then to make up for that, now we have to have more cell phone towers everywhere, which means we're all being bathed by the cell phone EMF.
6: Kevin, before I get cut off, that's part of what I wanted to say before I left was, you know, between cell towers and uh, radio antennas and power lines and whatnot, the only way you're really going to get rid of EMF to sleep, you know, I, I, I get you're trying to eliminate things that you're always being exposed to during the day and all that. But you'd have to basically turn your bedroom into a Faraday cage.
0: But, but hold on a second, everything. hold on a second. We also need to take the approach that we don't have to get this to zero to get improvements. What if I were able to just cut the EMFs in my bedroom by half just by turning things off at night? Why wouldn't we expect some sort of an improvement if we yeah. cut them by half? <laughs>
6: Well, I'm not. I'm not saying don't try something. There, now, I've seen uh, devices you now. It's another device, but I can't remember what it's called. Mike Mutzel talked about it once in one of his podcasts. But it's like a device that acts like kind of like a white noise generator, but against EMF. Yeah. Now you don't that... put it in the room with you. You like put it nearby, and you know it kind of blocks out EMS in general. But you know it's also if you're to that point. You know, you want to make sure you have nothing that produces light in your room and all that other stuff, too. Because just eliminating EMF isn't any good if you still have light
0: pollution and whatnot. So. Well, so I've done tons and tons of research and reading on what we call sleep hygiene. And that's really what we're talking about. The term yeah. sleep hygiene takes yeah. into account temperature, noise, light all of those things. So yes, if we want to get the best night's sleep, we address all of them. I've done that and I still have sleep issues. I can can create perfect sleep hygiene, perfect temperature, no light whatsoever, no noise. It helps. It helps a little though. It, it For me, anyway, and I, again, I'm, I'm talking about my sleep issues. I've done all of these things. I've eliminated right. caffeine. I, I, I've done the make sure you wake up before the sun, go out and spend some time watching the sunrise, make sure you go back out in the evening, make sure you're watching the sunset. I've done all of these things. They have a minimal impact on my sleep. Like I said, if I do them all every day, my sleep does start to get significantly better but I, I have a really hard time consistently implementing all of these things every day. And the one thing I haven't addressed yet is this EMF issue. So if maybe I'll get all done and go, oh, EMFs didn't help me either. I don't know, but is there any downside now, to working on eliminating but, but. EMFs or minimizing them?
6: Well, other than, you know, changing your lifestyle due to convenience, but no. Right, but that, now let, let me tell you i didn't catch the first 15 minutes of your show so i didn't i don't know if what you were saying was i'm at my wits end this is my last straw this is all i have got left to try if that's that, the case that
0: is the case go for it that, that, that is the case okay. uh, if this i didn't work, hear that so that's yeah. what I was if this doesn't work i'm gonna have to start looking for other things and i don't even know what those other Cause things I'm, are
6: I, well because i'm wondering if this is kind of like a how do I explain it? Uh, on, on one hand, is it going to be enough to do any good anyway? Or are you just going to be making things less convenient for yourself for no result? Or going the other direction, is this a 95% isn't going to be good enough, you're going to have to go the whole way situation uh, if for it, it to it, do any good?
0: If it were that I had to go 100%, it's not going to happen. I mean, I'm just going to be practical and honest. Right. That it's just not going to happen. I couldn't do my job. It, it, look, I talked about this the other day. Well, if I wanted to be, tr- if health, if I wanted to be as healthy as I could possibly be, I would retire now. I, I would stop doing well, what I do. I would go homestead somewhere. Well, if I want, if that were my, they
6: actually, that's not necessarily true. How many, how many guys retire and two years later they're dead? Well, just, no, well, but you well, have goals. You'd still be working on stuff. So, I
0: would re- retire from what I do and I would go like I would go homestead. I would I would create um, vacation rental properties that are healthy and EMF free. And uh, so. Right. Uh, but but I but even then, let's think about that. To live how, a how, how do I create rental properties without using the Internet?
6: Well, who'd want to rent a rental property that didn't have the
0: internet? Oh, a lot of people. <laughs> a lot
6: of people. You're, you're restricting your market oh, there.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think so. Uh, I think okay. I'd actually be creating a new market of people who are realizing they need a break from EMFs. Why, why not? Why When you're on vacation, why not at least take that chance to get away from them? And then maybe you see how much they're well, affecting absolutely. you. And I think there's a market out there for properties like this but again it would require me to kind of really really disconnect from what i do I, if if i'm yeah. worried about emfs why do i stand in front of a laptop with for three hours a day <laughs> with all this stuff around me helping other people this isn't this isn't the ideal healthy lifestyle but we're going to make compromises. i, said, would, I would Lisa want to go live in
6: a yurt with you, too? <laughs>
0: and again, that that is an issue. I mean, do I, do I, but that's, that's, if I wanted to be ultimately healthy, I would not be able to do what I do every right. day. No,
6: true. I understand we're being hyperbolic here. But. but, but no, yeah, I, that's, I, that's what I was wondering. Hey, now, now something let, I was wondering on, was. Hold on, let me go back because I don't want to.
0: I don't want to forget this. Let's say that I do all of this as much as I can. And I'm pretty good at this stuff and I'll, I'll be really strict about it. And let's say it really doesn't help my sleep all that much. And I had to make a lot of changes. I would still make those changes. Here's why. I now understand what damage these EMFs are doing. They are damaging us at the mitochondrial level. I don't care if it doesn't help my sleep. I now understand we need to avoid these as much as we can, just for overall health.
6: understand that. So I mean, you know, like you say, I'm trying to think. You know, if I wanted to do that for myself, what the hell am I going to do to? You know.
0: Well, uh, here's the one thing you just told me. You have wireless earbuds in. Take the damn things out and get, get something wired. <laughs> There's one. I,
6: well, one, okay. Here, here's a challenge with that. They don't make them for my phone anymore. <laughs> I can't get headphones that plug into the phone Yes, I got. you can. You know, that, you have that, an that a, actually, that you, actually you, bugged me.
0: No, you have an Apple okay. phone with a lightning oh. connector and there are Three dollar adapters no. that will allow you to plug a regular headset into that phone.
1: Yeah,
0: I have one right now. I, I use one every oh, day. Well I have Samsung, but they must have something for them too. Oh but, well then you just need I was just e- looking e- around for, you just need a USB C to, to, to audio. <laughs> and and they're two, okay. two or three yeah, okay. bucks at Amazon for the cheap ones. Really. It's a tiny little adapter. That plugs into your USB-C and then you plug any standard audio quarter-inch headset into and they work just fine. And they even work with a microphone. They're, They're wired both ways. So if your headset has a microphone, it will work too. Well,
6: I will also say that as of yet, I'm not really willing to go back to being wired to my phone when I need to use it. Because I, I used uh, to do that all the time. So that's a, You know how that, annoying it. Right. Well, maybe you do. You know how annoying it is to go mow your lawn while attached to your phone uh, that so you're trying to listen
0: to? I'll tell you what's inconvenient. In it's, it's, mitochondrial damage is really, really inconvenient. So I think I'll deal with the wires.
6: <laughs> and, and I would have to learn what you've learned that makes, I, I get mitochondrial damage. But there are so many things in this life that do more damage to mitochondria, than I think, than Bluetooth. Name one. But maybe I'm wrong and I just don't, I'm not aware of it. Well, all the shit we put in our mouths for the one but, thing. That's but, what I'm saying. But, You're at a different but, level when it comes to that.
0: Well, of course. And I think that's why people listen to me,
3: because
0: I am at that different level. And why, why would I stop reaching for the next level if it makes sense? Now, I'm not going to I'm not out doing all kinds of weird. You know, I'm not telling people we have to go to South Africa and do ayahuasca ceremonies. I mean, the stuff we're doing and the stuff we develop, we also develop ways to make it really practical and easy. I mean, you said, well, the stuff you put in your mouth. Well, I don't do that. I haven't done that for years. The stuff that goes into my mouth is not damaging my mitochondria. The stuff I put on my body is not damaging my mitochondria. The stuff I put in my mouth for oral care is no longer damaging my mitochondria and my cells. I've eliminated all those things. Now here's the next one to eliminate. And it might be the biggest of all when it comes to our mitochondria.
6: See, that's the point that I was trying to get to, is I don't know that that's the case. Now, I mean, if it is, you know, I need to, I would like to know the information on that. But otherwise, you're working in the .01% group, whereas, you know, the rest of us are still having a hard time not eating bread every other day. You know, that sort of thing. But, we- you know, I mean, I, I get that you should be trying to do everything you can, just like I need to be doing everything I can, you know.
0: Everything you it, decide, I'm, you're willing Bluetooth to do. Bluetooth
6: is not the first thing I'm worried about, unless you say so. so. It, well, what,
0: well, let's. Uh, I was the one re- re- resisting this. Lauren's brought this up many times. Lauren's done the deep dive. Lauren's already started to work on it. in Her life. She she has talked about it with me. I was the one resisting it. I was the one saying, "Oh, come on, Bluetooth isn't that big of a deal." But it is. It is. I I now know that. And I'm not even close to being done with the research. I want to know more, but I am now convinced that this is a big health problem and I am going to do everything I can in my life to mitigate it.
1: Yeah, it is. Once you open your eyes, Where? you can not not see it. Right, it's, it's there, you know, and it's, you know, it's troubling and it's frustrating. And just like Kevin said, you cannot get rid of, all like you can't shield yourself completely if there's something you can't do when you're sleeping if you can do that for eight hours a night then you're better off than most people
0: so uh, let me say this when i was driving a truck commercially to make money if i knew what i knew now all of my technology would be off 90% of the time I was in that truck, including my cell phone would be off. Not not on airplane mode. It would just be off. Look, there's no reason most days when I'm delivering... I can't flight,
6: drive 10 hours a day staring at the windshield all day. I can't do it. Oh, I, that's goodness. like... That's like not using cruise control. Well, I can't I can't hold be on, hold using on. my accelerator all day long. Hold on. The <laughs> one
0: exception to the phone, I would have some way to listen to audiobooks. They would be pre-downloaded okay. like Audible so that I could put the phone right. on airplane mode and wire it to my sound system or wire it to a hardwired speaker okay. in the cab. And I would still listen to books. I could listen to talk radio on on a, a right, the stereo that's right in my truck. But why do I need yeah. the cell phone signal reaching my phone? Why not just turn that off? That gets rid of cell, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth at this point that, I, we're gonna I we're gonna test in. this but at this point Lauren I wonder if there is really much of an EMF exposure in that truck at all
1: Yeah that I couldn't tell you but
0: we're gonna find out I don't no, know either but that's why we do this kind of stuff to figure are this out are we
6: only being exposed to cell signals when our phone is on? I mean I literally just drove past the cell tower. No. If my phone was off right now that wouldn't have any effect on me.
0: I don't know. This is what now it's going to have an effect because okay. you're right that it is, that tower is transmitting, I believe. See, I, I I'm not even sure I understand enough of these technologies right now to know yeah. all these answers. That's what I got to go figure out.
5: I can tell you what.
1: One I don't of think the cell things towers things are passive is the thing. One uh, of the most dangerous things is when when in terms of exposure is when you are searching for signal and that includes when you're in the car and your phone is on and it's jumping from tower to tower to tower. So that is one of the, you know, one point. of those times where you are, we have high exposure. So, so that I definitely know.
0: So Eric, when you say that the tower isn't passive, I, I believe in some sense it is passive. We need that 0.7 watts coming out of our phone to make that connection. And what Lauren just said is correct. When when it's searching for towers, it has to be sending out a signal to look for that tower. So if we turn it off, that goes away.
1: Yeah. Like one of the things that I'm going to commit to is when we're at our place in the woods, I just need to not have my phone on at all anywhere around me because I know very well I only have one bar out there. And if I have it on, it's just continuously searching for signal. And that's the worst thing. That's when it's super elevated. and that's when you have the most exposure is when it's searching and jumping from tower to tower.
0: So now think about a truck driver in the the seat 11 hours a day moving so that their phone is constantly searching for the next signal all day long. And if we're not, if we don't care if somebody could call us right now, and many days we shouldn't have to worry about just turn it off. Turn it off completely. We've, we've just eliminated three potential giant EMF fields around us. The cell searching, the Wi-Fi, and the Bluetooth, gone.
6: Now, I'll admit that, that, that is a big issue for me because I, I'm on YouTube with listening to podcasts all day long. You know, that's, but the, the few podcasts I post to the website are like a tenth of what I'm usually going through. You know, most people don't even want to listen to one that's an hour long, and I'm listening to some that are from three to ten hours long. But um, I was going to ask Lauren, when you're out in the woods, aren't you worried about being able to have somebody contact you? I mean, I don't know your family situation, but there's never yeah, a need okay. for somebody to be able to call you when you're out there?
1: Usually I'm out there on the weekends, and I I don't really worry about it. I, I'll, so. I'll leave my okay. phone in... One spot, and i won 't even pay attention to it because everyone knows that when i 'm out there it 's hard to get a hold of me, and it 's just yeah. easier you know to wait until I return unless it 's an but, emergency well, and and a I couple get... of
6: days isn't this big a deal as if you were out there for like two weeks or something.
0: well let, yeah. let's let's address exactly. this let 's address this in a really practical way because I, I most of us remember a time when we didn 't have cell phones, right There was a time when we did <laughs> not have cell phones. It, forget the emotional part of this for a second. Let's just talk about the practical part. Let's say somebody needs to get a hold of me in an emergency of some kind. How many scenarios is there really anything I can do anyway? Right, isn't isn't most no. of the time, if somebody's going to, all they're going to do is tell me about the emergency that's occurring. What can I do in most cases?
6: Nothing. No, I I get that. Nothing. Zero. Also, back in the day before cell phones, we had landlines, so at least they could call. Not we, if you were you know, a truck
0: driver. When when we
6: advanced far enough to have a, well, no, that's what I'm. Yeah, okay. I, I was thinking of Lauren's cabin. You know, she can't have a so, landline out there, probably. Either, so so, so but, I remember
0: being a truck driver and just knowing. That Now, for me, this almost never happened because as soon as I started driving, within a year or so, I had a cell phone. I was one of the early people. But but I, I, there was a time when you drove and you just knew for 10 or 12 hours people could not contact you until you stopped and contacted them. And you know what? We survived. What good does it do me to tell ta- I had these calls. Oh, you know, Michael just broke his ankle. Well, I'm 2,000 miles away, I'm glad I know, but there's
6: nothing I can do. Really, there's zero. That's that's not the situation I was thinking of, but yeah. But no, I had had a run to Alaska once, and that's exactly what it was like for most of the way up through Canada. I was like, it was nice. It was actually nice. (laughs) I was like, there was no way anyone was calling me when I was driving up Western British Columbia. I so. spent
0: I spent three weeks in Alaska and had a business to run, and I just set everything up ahead of time and said, look, for the next three weeks, just pretend I don't exist because the odds of you getting a hold yeah. of me over the next three weeks are going to be slim to none. I'm out on fishing charters. I'm out on, you know, hiking expeditions. At, 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 I'm not even taking my cell phone you know, once I get there, it's getting turned off and put in a drawer, so you're not going to be able to get a hold of me for three weeks. Yeah. Deal with it.
6: Well, that's like I've fantasized about hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, and I know damn well that even if I took a cell phone with me, it's not like I'd have any way to charge it, so... The, I wouldn't have any, the, it wouldn't do me any good anyhow.
0: Well, yeah, there's really tiny little solar chargers that work really well. I have one that hangs off my backpack, unrolls into oh. three panels, and um, actually would do a really nice job. But the only reason to have your cell phone at that point is to take selfies. Yeah,
6: which nobody cares. Hey, there's a selfie of me out in the woods, and they're like, man, like whatever you, you want yeah <laughs> but you, you know what
0: you know what there is there's some really cool videos on YouTube of people who took a picture every morning at 8 a.m every day they were on the trail for months and months and months and then at the end they put them together in a oh, video no. it is hilarious to watch this they they get men get scared look like
6: they're walking
0: yeah it, it's it's just very cool to see the change that occurs to these oh, people physically. I didn't think that about
6: time. that, They're right. not being able to shave or whatever, yeah.
0: And and they lose all <laughs> kinds of weight. I mean, it, it's a dramatic physical change while they're on that trail. And it's pretty cool when they document it every day like that.
6: That's part of why I thought about doing it, so it was to try to lose weight. You know. let's, let's see if I can walk the entire Pacific Crest trail eating nothing but carnivore bars or something. Yeah. Um, so.
0: No, it, it, it <laughs> it's on my bucket list.
6: Hey, um, when you, you mentioned like fishing charters and stuff, but i uh, getting seasick it, many, many years ago, I went on a uh, whale watching trip out of people Bay, Oregon with my mother and my brother. Now, my mother's a five foot one woman. I'm five ten. My brother, my little brother, is six foot five. My mother and I were perfectly fine the whole time. He was so seasick. He was basically laying on the deck, blocking the stairway for other people, just in misery. And mom and I were just laughing at him the whole time. You know, the Dramamine didn't do squat. Of course, we didn't have cannabis back then or anything. So, but it was just. I, I don't understand why some people get seasick and others don't, but my mother and I thought it was really funny that he did. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, it. Um, I, like I said, I, I everybody on that boat just about was sick. There's like four of us. I actually uh, I uh, caught a pretty nice shark that time too, and and a bunch of snapper. I actually had a pretty successful trip and it never got sick, but it was pretty awful. Um, watching everybody else go through it. All right, we uh, we got to move along. Some of the calls are piling up on us here. We're going to head off to Tennessee. Jeremy, welcome to the program.
4: Hi, guys. What's uh, on your mind today? Yeah, it's interesting. Oh, it's, it's good to hear you talk about the hardwiring of these drugs. Uh, I've got. Let's see, we've got the Sanicera tablet thing, so I'm sure that probably gives off. You know, something like a
2: probably
0: like a giant phone, right? So, yeah, uh, again, so, we have a it, wifi so the signals we're concerned about in the truck is the cell signal itself, the Wi Fi signal, and Bluetooth, and we can turn them all on and off when we want to.
4: Uh, okay, uh, then I won't be able to hear you.
0: <laughs> well, hold on. <laughs> Again, depending, this is all going to come down to each individual and how much work they're willing to do. The app records everything, yes. and I believe you can download the episodes, can't you? Can they be physically on the app? I'm going to have to look into that.
4: Yeah. I mean, and then call you, of course, when you. Use well, it, right. You, you, you would get a little
0: bit of space, Right. right. Yeah. Y- you would have to decide do you yeah. want to listen live so you can call in? And if you do, just realize there are some EMFs involved. Or is this important enough that yeah. most of the time I'm just going to listen after the fact? If it can be downloaded, I got to think through all that. Um, and then I'll only listen live if I happen to have a question and I know I want to call in that day.
4: Yeah, uh, and I heard you talking about the uh, the green egg. I got the green egg, uh, and you you mentioned you you you're banking your coals to the one side and having a cool side, kind of like the, the you know the Weber kettle style, you know. But yeah, uh, I, I wondered if you have a, a heat deflector. Yeah, you know the uh, big. The, the, oh, okay. Yeah, the big stone. Now you could always. Yeah, the big stone heat deflector. Right. So you you could still sear, and then obviously you take off and then put that back, you take the meat off and then put that back in and then put the meat back in. Yeah, so
0: here's the difference. Um, Yesterday, I was only cooking two of those big ribeyes. And like I said, each one of those ribeyes, three meals. So technically, I'm getting either six meals here or three meals for two people out of these two steaks. Well, if all I'm doing is two, it's easier just to set up half the grill hot and half the grill cool. Yeah. The other day, last weekend, yeah. I cooked nine of these steaks all at one time. So then I do sear them in the flames first. Then I stop, put the heat deflector in, and then finish them like that.
4: Okay. All right. So when you uh, did half the grill, did you, you bought one of those little uh, half, uh Stainless steel holders, you know. No, like, you know, like from SNS grills or anything. No, no, just cool. I, you just push it over.
0: I've got the really big. Okay. I've got the second largest green egg, so there's a ton of surface in there. Yeah, me too. Yeah, all I have to do is just, oh, okay. I just, I just push the coals into the back part there, maybe one third. Yeah, um, and then I have two thirds open. Yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, sometimes I'll, I, I've had some smaller. Real great that I can put down lower and then put a, a, a half moon ceramic type thing oh, yeah. Yeah. to help shield it too. Yeah, but um,
0: it, it's, do pr- you, uh, it's pretty versatile. There's all kinds of different ways you can set that thing up, and there's all kinds of accessories made to do a lot of that stuff too.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, so uh, I was going to say, uh, did, uh, I know you guys uh, uh, told me about, well, hold, hold on, about the, um, I guess i ask a question. Um, I've been, where we get our beef beef from a lot, they've got, you know, uh, they do have some pigs, but they're kind of smaller, and, you know, they're, and all they had was the spare ribs, just just kind of small, you know, like, not a lot of meat on them, so I hadn't been getting good results with ribs uh, until I tried the baby backs, and I guess I have to get those from, like, Wild Fork or some, you know, don't really know the source of their farms, you know, but uh, do you have a, a
6: good
0: uh, recipe or, you know, uh, cook for uh baby backs? Yes, I, uh, like, uh, my baby backs are down to a science. I never change okay. the way I do my baby backs. Um, so now hey. I, I am getting ready to work this out on the big green egg. I haven't done it yet on the big green egg. Okay. Um, uh, this is where pellet yeah. smokers just shine. I mean, if you want an easy way to get perfect ribs, the pellet smoker is the way to go. So my Traeger, um, 195 degrees for three hours on heavy smoke. And I have the... Oh, so low heat, low heat. Very low heat, 195. The most I would ever do. Now, let's say that... Um, I didn't have the really good quality heritage ribs and I want to do ribs and I just go down to Costco and grab theirs. Theirs are so yeah. big and meaty that I will bump that up to right. about 225 for theirs. Yeah, but okay. if I'm doing heritage okay. ribs, then then 195 and my traeger has what it, what's called super smoke. So anything under yeah. two twenty-five, and you can really get that thing to crank out the smoke. So I'll put it at one ninety-five on super yeah. smoke for three hours, and then it actually comes off the Traeger completely. I wrap them the ribs in red butcher paper or pink butcher paper, and I finish them in yeah. the, in the oven inside at three fifty for, yeah. for an hour. An hour. Oh, okay. So it's a, it's a four hour uh, cook, three hours on the smoke, one hour okay. on high heat wrapped oh, in the, okay. in the pink butcher paper. And those are yeah. perfect competition ribs.
4: All right. Yeah. Cause they're kind of hard to tempt too. You know, they, they, you gotta get in between the bones. I
0: and, never tempt uh, them. You know, never tempt them.
4: Uh, okay. Yeah. I'll try that. Okay. Um, and, um, yeah, the egg, I guess, maybe we'd do, uh, put the heat deflector on and let them, let them cook it, you know, two, yeah. two, three hours, you know, and then maybe finish them, uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll we'll
0: just finish so, up. The easy way to finish ribs, even though everybody like, oh, that's, uh, why Why would you go put them in the oven? i go put them in the oven because it works really well and there's no reason not to put them in the oven, other than you just want to claim right. you're a pure barbecue, whatever, but if you want a good rib done well and it's easy and there's no difference finish it in the oven at that point we've got all the smoke on it we're ever going to get we've got a beautiful smoke ring and now let's just go bring it up to temperature so it's nice and tender and falls off the bone that's all we're looking for there so do it in the oven now one of of the accessories they make for the big green egg is they make a little fan thermostat system that you install down on the bottom. And what it does is it manages the temperature for you. So it monitors the temperature and then uses the fan to change the airflow to keep your temperature. Otherwise, you're doing that manually for three hours. You know, you're out there babysitting it, make sure it doesn't get too hot. But I, I will probably get this accessory, and then I'll I'll probably come up with a, a recipe for ribs on there too.
4: Yeah, you know, for long cooks, maybe that is good. I, this, these things lock in the temperature really good. Like I, I can walk away for three hours and it stays locked in. You, you know, know, as long as you well preheat it right. I have you know. A, I have an issue. At the top.
0: I have an issue here that does it. I have drastically oh, changing wind. winds. Yep. So you're right. If I have a nice, calm day, I can lock that thing in on, you know, 400 degrees and it will stay right there for a long time. Except on a windy day, I'll lock it in at 400. You get a gust and it'll go to 550 in about 30 seconds. Uh,
4: Wow. Even when you have it uh, shut the bottom vent shut down to like a finger a finger, uh, an inch. Yeah. So because,
0: because the wind whips through wow. there and it turns it into turbo mode.
4: Right. Right. Okay. So a while back, I, I know you guys mentioned, it's always been on my mind too. And I'm glad you guys told me about duck breast. You guys talked about it. This is a while ago, but both of you talked about it. And, uh, so we finally tried it. You know, we, uh, we got, uh, we get duck breast it's a company called dr tag yep. yep you
2: ever heard
5: of it yeah I,
4: yeah it's, oh man and so yeah yeah on the cast right. iron you know kind of like ramsey style you know steer slow steer it and get the fat to come out of it cook it bring it up to temp on the
0: yeah cooking a, a good duck breast properly is like one of those culinary skills you should develop and and i've watched yeah chefs that can't do it, it it's you know <laughs> if you watch Gordon ramsay if somebody screws up a duck breast he goes nuts but learning how to properly cook a duck breast is is an art and boy the results are worth it
4: yeah oh man we did yeah you know you you, you put it on cold on the on the cast iron, then you bring it up slowly, and you can see the liquid, the fat starting to come out, and then you you know bump up the heat until you start getting the sear. Then you flip it, and put it in the oven, you know at, at three fifty for like you know eight tw- fifteen minutes. I forget what it is, but right. let it rest. And man, it,
0: it's like a steak. And I want my duck breast like rare. It's, right,
4: it's like a steak, it's like yeah. a rare steak, and we, we couldn't
0: believe it. Even better though, the flavor so, yeah. is very unique the the fattiness is is wonderful um lauren
1: love
5: duck
0: are, are how you? would you know yeah i put some are, flake, are, flake salt on it yeah. are, are you a fan of duck confit
1: oh my gosh if it's on a menu <laughs> i cannot get any
0: <laughs> i agree jeremy have you ever had duck comfy
4: well, that's what we kind of thought we were doing, but I mean, no, tell,
0: tell oh, me no. what they do. No, true duck confit oh. is a very specific technique. Oh, well a whole? So no. Well, you could, you could confit a oh. whole duck. Usually it's a leg and a thigh. So typically you will okay. take the leg and the thigh and you poach that very, very low temperature. It completely submerged in duck fat.
4: Oh, 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 okay. So liquid, you're putting it in liquid like you're... Uh...
0: It, it is completely submerged in duck fat and it cooks at a very, very low temperature right in the duck fat until the meat just falls off the bone.
4: Oh my God, like a sous vide. Yes. But, but okay, confit, confit, yeah, in the fat, wow. C-
0: C-O-N-F-I-T is the way it's, pre- it's spelled, confit. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 so it's cooked it's, in that, it, even from raw. Yes, yes. It's incredible. Okay,
4: yeah. Yeah, there's uh, 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 a technique of, of smoking, smoke on your beef cheeks, and then uh, enough smoke on there where they kind of, they're not really done, but, you know, they got enough smoke on maybe three, four hours, and then you put them in the same thing, that duck fat, come yes. see them in there,
0: and they're just, yes yeah yeah tacos Uh, 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 oh oh, yeah would that be good yeah oh and you know what goes really really good with duck whether it's a a duck breast done perfect or a duck confit um we just canned 39 pints of cherries
4: I saw that. I
0: saw that. Yeah, on uh, yeah, we somewhere
4: Instagram we, or something.
0: We have the best cherries in the world right here in the Hood River Valley. So we sent Chelsea out to pick wow. them because they we have all kinds of U Pick farms here for cherries. So we, we sent Chelsea out there. She picked forty two pounds of cherries, and I mean climbing ladders and everything. They're up there in the trees getting cherries and bringing home forty two pounds. Wow. Um, Lisa did most of the work, you know, pitting, and then Lisa has a recipe where she cooks them down just a little bit with some lemon, maple sugar, just a very, actually the maple sugar almost Mm. makes the berries a little less sweet. It's kind of interesting. It gives it a nice, unique flavor, but the berries are already so sweet on their own. Um, And then uh, a little bit of almond extract, a really good pure almond extract. And she just brings them up to temperature to incorporate the flavors. And then I water bath can them for 25 minutes. And you get this cherry kind of, it's got a slurry in it. We use a little bit of arrowroot to thicken it up. We ended up with 39 pints of those. And man, I will tell you, open up those cherries and eat them with some of the yogurt or ice cream. Uh, Yeah. Boy, is that, that's just like a, or, or eat that cherry with, with duck breast. I also make, um, cherry salsa exactly the way I would make regular Uh, salsa, except I substitute cherries for the tomato. Everything else is exactly the same. Wow.
4: That's
2: great.
4: (laughs) So so, real quick, uh, I got these two huge cod fillets that they're frozen, you know, but the white, you know, they're white, white flaky fish. We don't really, I don't know what to do with them because we were thinking, did you ever get a, um, where you guys know of a, um, you, you know how they batter the fish, like fish and chips, you know, like that thin batter, you know, that, that thin, is there a, yeah. is there a uh, arrowroot way to do it? You know, uh, Absolutely. Like a, you, Jeff Pete Evans way to do, do it.
0: Do you want it thick or thin coating?
4: Uh, at this point that doesn't matter. I we just, well, to
0: do it, so one of the things I would do with cod that's really good is I would make fish tacos. I'd love fish tacos. Uh, OK, so the way
4: what, I would, what, what, would you cook them on the grill? Or,
0: yeah, uh, no, I, kept- I would do a traditional coated piece of fish. But it's got a very, very light coating. So I would cube the cod, really pretty small, bite-sized oh. pieces. I would cube it first. Oh, okay. I would spray it completely with avocado oil. I would then yeah. coat that with arrowroot and pan fry it. Oh, okay. And that makes killer fish tacos. Right. Simple. Yes. All right. Good. Do it. Yeah. Very simple. Avocado oil, arrowroot. Thank you. Pan fry it. It actually comes out almost like a very light tempura batter. All right. Yeah, going to do that. Now, if you want a thicker batter, that's all I got. You can take arrowroot oh, okay. and mix it with um, seltzer water, like carbonated water. Yeah. See that. And you can make a tempura. Batter yeah. Like okay. That. And then you would deep fry that. Oh, I see. Okay. So do you would kind of submerge it in the, after you mix
4: that with the submerge the fish in a bowl your, into your mixture.
0: Correct, and then drop it into the with deep fryer. Okay.
4: Yeah, right. Okay, okay. But would it work? If we just had a cast iron with enough oil, kind of coming up to the top. Yeah, yeah. You Flip could. It, yeah, or, you just
0: need okay. to if you're going to do a, a batter like that, you just need to be able to submerge right. into the oil enough.
4: Yeah. Okay. Hey, and that that company we're talking about, I was talking about Dr. T. Arcton. Dardigan. Dardigan or whatever
0: that is. Dartigan, as I believe. Dartigan it's pronounced, yeah.
4: Okay. Yeah, hey, they're
0: bacon. The two-pound pack, the thick bacon. Oh, it's the best. Oh, well, you got to... two-pound pack. You got to try another bacon first and then tell me. You got to compare it in a blind taste okay. test to Newskis. <laughs> new skis, okay. Out of Wisconsin. Okay. Oh, and by uh, the way, if you like duck... When you go to Newskies to get your bacon, they sell whole smoked ducks that are incredible.
4: Wow! Yeah, she was wanting me to smoke a duck, and I kind of intimidated by
0: it. But uh, it's it's not easy because it does take some work to get, and you really need to do a lot of cold smoking to get a duck to come out like theirs is. Theirs is mostly cold smoked. Oh wow! Oh okay. So, since we've talked, we've talked about all the pieces. One of one of the best dishes I ever, and I created this. This was totally from scratch. Um, I made, and I I took this smoked duck from Newski's and I made smoked duck nachos with cherry salsa. <laughs> Absolutely incredible! Wow. Yes. Wow. All right, Nuski. Yes new skis. And if you ever get a chance, so it's kind of funny, we found new skis in Astoria, Oregon, even though they're from Wisconsin, we're eating at a restaurant. And it was the first time I had ever seen somebody identify what kind of bacon you are going to get. They had this bacon appetizer and it said new skis bacon. And I'm like, well, what's what's so special about new skis? We tasted it and I'm like, oh, yeah, well, that's yeah. what's special. So then we were out wandering around the country in the RV, really just wandering. I mean, we were taking back roads. We were in no hurry to get back home. We were coming all the way back across the country and we were on two lane in Wisconsin. And all of a sudden we see a sign Newski's is at the next exit the 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 there's only one place it's the the smokehouse is there you can go in and uh sample all kinds of smoke stuff stuff i've never even seen in their catalog um it was a pretty fun place
4: wow all right that's cool where do you where do you get your uh your um uh baby back ribs it's not Costco.
0: Heritage Foods.
4: Heritage. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. So Ooh, okay. You, you get the all the heritage breeds, either the Duroc, the Red Wattle. Uh, they have yeah, three Duroc. Or, yeah, three or four different breeds, and then you can get all the ribs or all the different cuts.
4: Yeah, Duroc ribs. So do they, do you like
0: that one? Oh, actually, I, I can't, There's, yeah. I can't pick a favorite. They're all slightly different, but okay. they're all really good and very different from anything you're going to get from Costco or the grocery store. Yeah. Have you heard of wild pork? They also, and I, I have some down there now, I haven't tried them yet, I've got goat ribs, What else did I have? I have a couple weird kind of racks of ribs I haven't (laughs) tried yet. And and what I did was they heritage is so good about all their, you know, specials and you get credit for every order and that kind of thing. And I had a ton of this like extra money they gave me to spend. So that's when I try all the weird stuff.
4: Yeah. All right. So new skis. I'm going to remember that.
0: Yep. New skis for the bacon. Now, I will say, Newski's is not a, yeah. a really, really duck. clean heritage brand like what I normally talk about. Newski's is more of a traditional kind oh, okay. of bacon. Uh, but as far as taste goes, yeah. that's it's one of the good ones, no doubt.
4: And, and I can order a smoked duck?
0: Yes, you can.
4: Okay. And we, you reheat it in the oven?
0: Uh, or eat it at room temperature. I actually, like on the nachos, I just serve the duck at room temperature on nachos.
3: Okay. Or or,
0: or you can reheat it in the oven. You can reheat it in the microwave. Just don't stand next to the microwave when you do it. Um, Lauren, this is, I just thought of something else since we were talking about EMFs. Uh, I can remember when we first started talking about health and food, and then we started talking about different methods of cooking. And... Mm -hmm. You know what I saw yesterday that was kind of interesting? Weren't we told back in the beginning that if you were to sear your meat or really blacken it on the grill and these kind of things, we were creating carcinogens? Yeah. That must not be much of a big thing in the health world anymore. That might not have been true. I just was, uh, Mark Sisson has been on a big kick lately about his claim Mm -hmm. now is if you want the absolute best steak, you don't cook it on the grill. It should, steak should always be cooked in the pan. He says, same thing for burgers. And I understand what he's talking about. And it's cast iron, really Mm -hmm. hot because you've got that total contact with that heat and you create that, that super crust. He's all over oh, yeah. that. Like, he's like, you need to sear all six sides like this. And then that, so obviously we're not too concerned. That's what about... I do. <laughs>
1: Honestly, yeah. there is, the, we don't, we will not order pork chops. We won't order steak. We won't even, or, we won't order chicken when we go out. We just, everything tastes subpar compared to what, you know, what we're used to at home. And all I use is the, Le Creuset grill, cast iron grill pan. And yep. it has the grill marks on it. Right. And I do, I do the, the edges first, <laughs> just <laughs> like that. And I will get a sear on every yes. single edge. And then I'll do the main sides. And I'll tell you what, nothing tastes better than that.
0: Yep. That's Mark Sisson has been talking about it all week. So it turns out that whole idea that we're creating carcinogens just isn't true.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Love it.
0: I know me too. All right, let's grab some more calls. Let's go to Texas. Penny. Welcome to the program.
5: Sorry. I haven't had you on mute. <laughs> oh, there you go. Ah, hi, how are you today? Good.
0: What well, can we help you? Can you, you hear with? me? Yep.
5: Okay. I have um, a list of questions for you. Uh, the first and foremost, I did just do a uh, NutriQ, and I got the results back last night. Um, but I am, I guess, to that age in my life where I'm growing up, and I'm starting to have power surges, like you would not believe. Um, I did have a partial hysterectomy almost two years ago, so right a little over a year and a half. But my hot flashes right now and my night sweats and sleeplessness and restlessness is just making me want to freaking scream. So We can help. What are, what are, okay, good. I'm fly called.
0: Yeah, we have a, a, a couple of new tools actually for this and, and Lauren can really speak to this. We have receptor detox now. One of the things we realize about hormone balance is that one of the problems we can face is our our receptors are blocked. You know, you, there are different substances that can attach to different receptors in our body. And there are things that can actually attach mm-hmm. that shouldn't be there and then they stop the proper hormones from attaching and and kind of creating that bond. So this receptor detox supplement was designed to kind of clear out the receptors. That's something we never even used okay. to know needed to happen. Um, we're not big okay. on like direct hormone therapy of any kind. Like I'm not even a big believer in, um, oh, what's the term I want to think of, Lauren? Um, the bio-
5: There's
0: a B- bio- H- bioidentical, right. Uh, that is a little Yeah, safer, I don't
5: want to do that if I yeah. don't have-
0: yeah, we we. I don't want to start there either. I don't think it's necessary. I think there are better ways of doing this. Um, Lauren, you're you've got some good protocols for this, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, my first thought is, you know, nice. You took the first step. You did the NutriQ. You got your results back. Are you thinking about signing up for a free discovery call? Because that I can, you know, at least we'll have ten minutes to kind of break things down and see where you stand. Because, you know we got to talk about diet, we have to talk about digestion, we have to see what's going on, you know, with your you know, your
5: thyroid and, and so many things. Um, is that something that, that you're looking to do? Uh, I have one set with you on, I think, Tuesday the 25th at one. I think okay, I have one great. with you set great. up at that time. Wonderful, because there I'll be able to see exactly what's going on in
1: terms of diet and where you stand you know, with the things that I just mentioned. So that'll be very helpful. Um, I honestly wouldn't recommend anything until we have done that only mm-hmm. because, you know, that's, that's just where
5: we start with the foundation. Um, the only thing but, I take right now is I do a magnesium at night, but it's for like the, the muscle uh, relaxation in your legs. Cause I don't know if that helped in my mind. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, and then I drink the light balance in the morning.
1: Yeah, that's great. You can't hurt with minerals for sure. So, um, mainly, you know, with women, I see what I see a lot of is they're they're either not eating enough, or they're eating the wrong foods. That you know, their their diet's not not quite clean, or their digestion is like off the charts, and we have to really work on that. So. There are things that, that we'll definitely look into and dive into, um, but okay. if you want to, to kind of just pick start something without jumping into like a full detox or anything like that, I've heard a lot of really great results with um, a few women who have, you know, mitigated the, you know, the, the night sweats and things like that um, with, um, or the hot flashes and things like that with the adaptogens. So you can start there if you want to start somewhere. It can't hurt you by any means. Um, so the Four Sigmatic uh, adaptogens, if you go on the website, com, you'll see the different options there. But um, I would, you know, if you want to start somewhere before next week, you know, that's a good place to start. But basically- What was
5: like it? The it's the, the adaptogens by Four Sigmatic, and they're in the Four 11. Sigmatic. Okay. Four yeah. Sigmatic, yes. okay. Um, so, really great
1: about, about, um, about those for mitigating, um, you know, perimenopausal and
5: menopausal symptoms. Cause I'm, I'm like, I'm so sick. I'm I'm so done with it. <laughs> I, don't, but, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so and then I, um, then I'm in South Texas. So it's been, you know, regular temperature over a hundred, not counting the heat index. So, you know, Hey, uh, um, and so, do do you know if, like, sweet tooth is included in all of that? Because here lately, I've had the most, and I'm not a big sweet person, but for, like, the past month or so, I've had a stupid, out-of-control sweet tooth. I don't understand why. Interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Usually, if someone has a sweet tooth, that's, that's typically telling me that they're they're craving sugar and that's typically because they eat a lot of sugar and their microbiome is screaming for more. Yes. Um, but but not not specific. I can't think of anything specifically when it comes to what you're going through and how that would be something like out of nowhere that would start to happen.
0: No, this is typically... <laughs>
5: well, we'll, go, we'll go in over that one.
0: Yeah, it's typically some sort of dysbiosis. When we start getting kind of those weird food cravings, it's usually some sort of dysbiosis. What's that? Uh, that's a, just a a, a, a uh, bad mix of gut bacteria.
5: Okay. I want to say, I can't remember if it uh, something like that was a little high. I can't remember if it was out of my adren- adrenals. I don't remember... And I saw um, my, will, my results. We will
1: break it down for you. I'll yeah. break it down for you on Tuesday. And the way that you read that chart, by the way, um, just to give you, you know, an idea, is you have to work on everything on the left before you start getting to everything on the right. So the foundations are on the left. So we oh, even geez. if it was, you know, your thyroid or your adrenal gland, we mm-hmm. wouldn't we wouldn't start there. We would start with making sure that everything to the left of that is in a good place. Because
5: otherwise, we just will never get the results that we want. Just to give you an idea. Okay. But we'll talk a lot about that. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. And um, I have other questions, too. Uh, I've I've been listening to your show ever since right before you were off of um, Sirius. My husband's been a long, long time listener. I've just been since then. Okay. Uh, But I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about tonsil stones. I get them, like... Like I have a tonsil stone remover and a flashlight. I got a whole system down. I go in there and pick these things out of my tonsils every day. Is it just pollen? I mean, is there anything? Because I do have bad allergies, but not like extreme. But so we will. Is that just natural? (laughs) We
0: we will probably (laughs) find the culprit here somewhere in the Okay. Okay. I don't know a ton about tonsil stones. I did some research on them uh, a little bit. I'd probably have to go mostly through my notes. Um, Here's what I will tell you, will probably be your best strategy to fix this. And I can't remember all the Mm -hmm. mechanisms that are happening here, but if I'm thinking about this correctly, have you heard us talk about the primal um oral health kits we have, the dental detox kits.
5: Yes, I have been listening to those. To your shows on those. I
0: think that's going to do it.
5: Okay, start with something did that have something similar? It's like a charcoal and then it says for all that detox and then I have a sunscraper, but it's not that.
0: This this you need more so- mineral based. Yeah, this system, I'm still not exactly sure why it works so well. I've done a lot of similar things. I've used, you know, charcoal-based toothpaste. I've used oil pulling. I've gotten some results out of all of those things. But for some reason, when you follow this system, the morning routine, the night routine, Mm -hmm. oral health changes so fast, it's kind of mind-boggling. And like I said, I've tried a lot of these things over time, but this system, something about it seems to work really, really well. So I have a feeling this is, is probably your best bet. I would get a dental detox kit, do 30 days of it, and and let's see how that what, what impact that has on this. Um, do you have a lot of sinus issues okay. or have you in the past?
5: Uh, yeah, because um, we live down here, In South Texas, I get everything. I get the coastal allergies. I used to get stuff from Hill Country. Uh, So it's bad where I live now, but it's not nothing like where it was when I lived in San Antonio. Okay,
0: because Um, sinus issues seem to go hand in hand with tonsil stones. People that have a lot of sinus issues tend to suffer more from tonsil stones. And the sinus issues are immune system. So we're going to see that on the NutriQ, and we can work on that aspect as well.
5: Yeah, and the Saharan dust blowing in constantly, coming over, that doesn't help with anything because you know I, that's one of the things I'm very allergic to is dust and dander. So, so, so a
3: couple, that's,
5: couple you know, things a of you fun. can
0: do here daily that can have a big impact on this too. the The dental detox kit is going to be big. Um, are you familiar with oil mm-hmm. pulling? Um, okay so oil pulling is an ayurvedic ayurvedic is like um eastern medicine um ancient chinese medicine uh those kind of things oil pulling is where we take mm -hmm. a usually a specific oil um sesame oil was was the traditional oil coconut oil seems to work even better and my absolute best oil for this lauren have you tried oil pulling with the oil that comes in the dental detox kit?
1: No, I haven't.
0: You should try that. In fact, we are talking to them now about being able to get those oil, that oil in bigger bottles. It comes in those tiny little bottles and <laughs> I use two full droppers and I oil pull. So oil pulling is basically using a good quality oil like a coconut oil or this, this oil from the detox kit. And you kind of swish it around in your mouth as long as you can I mean the the ideal time is actually 20 minutes which is a really really long time Um, one of the things I do that make it go better is I do it in the shower so I do my whole shave my head do my you know oral routine in the shower and then I'll do, uh, I'll, I'll do my teeth first and then I'll start oil pulling. So now while I'm washing, doing my hair, my head, whatever, I'm oil pulling that whole time. Now I don't get anywhere near 20 minutes, but if you do three or four or five minutes of oil pulling, which is just holding this oil in your mouth and swishing it around, you know, work it around your gums, swish in and out, gargle a little, and then at the end you spit it out. And I, I try not to rinse after that. I, I want to kind of leave that oil residue in there. Um, oil pulling would be really good for this. Um, yeah. How are you on probiotics? I, uh, I, I do a, bo- I think it's a
5: bovarian, uh
0: Uh, Oh, let me clarify. How are you on
5: probiotic
0: foods? Yes. That's really what we're after for oral health is not, not supplement type probiotics, probiotic foods. Really, really good for Mm -hmm. our oral microbiome. So, you know, yogurt is excellent. Kefir uh, fermented veggies kimchi stuff like that is, is also
5: i do a lot of i do kimchi and uh i i heard y'all's recipe for the caprese the caprese salad oh yes uh with, with the caprese salad and because i have a ton of tomato and pepper plants so Excellent. i do the uh the cherry tomatoes the fresh basil and the garlic and then, um, so I do that and I eat that with my meal every day, and now, then I do the yogurt at night sometimes.
0: Excellent. Okay, do you actively have stones right now?
5: Uh, about every day, some days it's way worse than others.
0: One of the quickest, just, ways I figured
5: do. it just goes with the pollen.
0: No, it really doesn't. We can get rid of these, you should not have them. It, it again, part of it. The root cause is going to be the immune system. We're going to have to work on that. We can also just help alleviate symptoms right now. The best way to get rid of them when you have active stones is to uh, put a tablespoon of raw apple cider vinegar into about eight ounces of warm water and gargle with that three times a day. You'll get rid of the stones pretty quick.
5: Um, Yeah, I drink that in the morning like that. Every morning. I have my coffee. With all my stuff in it, and then um, I drink that.
0: Gargle with it, and then like swallow so, But I should
5: gargle with it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. And
0: make it warm water.
5: Okay. Okay, I can do that.
0: Between these um, things, we'll, we'll, so we'll get rid of this, and then we'll work on the immune system, and they won't come back.
5: That'll be great, because... If anybody doesn't know what they are, go Google a video on YouTube and <laughs> yeah, watch it. their faces. It would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, there are real thing. I got dying no the doubt. first time I saw a yeah. video. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what about pinto beans? Say that again. What is it? Like that I make at home. What about pinto beans? Are those? Can those be included like once a month or something? Pinto like, I bean. love pinto beans.
0: Yeah, I, I have not eliminated beans out of my diet. Beans do have some issues we have to be aware of. They're they're high in um, phytates. They can be high in oxalates. Pinto beans are one of the lower oxalate beans, so that is a good choice from the oxalate Yay. side. And then there's two things. Now, do you buy dry beans and prepare them yourself, or are you buying canned pinto beans? Yes okay so if you're,
5: no i'm i like my excellent myself.
0: excellent so lots of soaking and rinsing like at least 24 yes. hours of soaking and multiple rinses okay and then the best way to cook them is in a pressure cooker
5: that's how i do it perfect
0: it's just start, butter
5: and bacon
0: excellent start with organic beans <laughs> Lots of rinsing and soaking, okay. pressure cooking, and then, yes, you can have beans in your diet. And, and I would say oh. I, there are times, usually during the winter, I probably have beans in my diet once a week. In the summer, not so much. But in the winter, yeah, I, I do a lot of chilies and, and stews, and I'll put beans in, or I'll do bean soup with pork belly or something like that. So, yeah, in the wintertime, I'll eat beans up to once a week.
5: Um, And so... I guess I have just maybe a couple more questions, if you don't mind. No, Uh, uh, on the On the the app, I keep trying to look for, you keep talking about this chimichurri seasoning. I can't find any seasoning. Um, All I find when I go on there are just the supplements, and it gives me a list of importance or, like, how I want it. Like presented like alphabetically or whatever, but I can't find any of the seasonings to look for that chimichurri or a lot of other stuff. It seems like all I can find is just a few kinds of supplements. Am I doing something wrong?
0: I'm going to go check, and I'm yeah. also going to ask Angie <laughs> to help me with this one because...
5: I can't find it. But y'all talk about it all the time, and I want to try it, but I can't. I can't find any, when I, even when I look on the part where it says cook, it comes up with a bone broth, and that's all that it comes up for me.
0: I am checking. That's when I'm see, I am checking now with the like store. I said,
5: maybe I'm doing something wrong. But
0: um, I'm checking right now with the store. Because
5: I'm in the Mighty app, right? In the Mighty app?
0: No, you wouldn't find the stuff that's in the store from the Mighty Well, I guess there is one link in there somewhere that takes you to the store. But we would need to be in. Yeah,
5: but it doesn't help.
0: Um, I'm looking for it now, and I'm also asking. Um, oh.
5: So where do the, I go the, to find it?
0: The answer I'm getting right now is the spices are out of stock, and we may have discontinued them because we were having problems getting them. But I'm going to follow up on that and see um, what where we are with that.
5: Bummer, because I really love this
2: one.
1: Oh,
5: I do too. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's just that's just rude. No, I,
1: just had, I just made the most incredible dinner with a the chimichurri the other night. Oh, my gosh.
0: What tell tell us about it because I love that flavor. Okay, okay,
1: okay. So I made I put I put the chimichurri powder with some olive oil, like uh, two tablespoons of the powder to one tablespoon of the oil, and I let it sit for a few hours so it kind of softened up and really started infusing. And then I cooked some shrimp, and I. Sauteed the shrimp in some of the oil, so the chimichurri oil, and then at the very end, I took some diced tomatoes, like a good amount, and I Mm. threw them in there and sauteed it all together. It was so incredible. The flavors were like
0: really good.
5: Yeah.
1: Oh, it was incredible. I can't even tell you. I I am actually um, eating some leftovers of it right now. I had it for three meals.
0: I so So, I I um, have I have bad news patagonia discontinued the entire line yeah they don't do seasonings at all
1: oh i had no idea i would have bought so much
0: (laughs) i know um maybe we need to go out and create our own line of seasonings if we're gonna do something god i was so happy with theirs too they're so clean they're their flavors are so good that I, I, you know, said we've been on this salad kick lately because it's summertime and we eat a lot of salads. Um, I've been making a honey mustard dressing and I use the chimichurri spice in there and it's so good.
5: Yum. That's wrong. You'll keep talking about all this good food. I know. And now I can't get see season. Oh, I know, that I, I didn't <laughs> know this. I found the recipe and I make my own and it's good. Uh, but I would want to try that, but it's okay. I'll just continue so, making my own.
0: So Brittany just sent me a text that says, I have one box left up for sale. Make an offer. Don't be cheap. I know what I've got. <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh. So where on the shop, you said I, cause I was looking on the mighty app is where I would go on there to shop from. So where do I need to go so I can see everything else besides just the few little things?
0: Yeah, if if you just type in let that takes you right to our store.
5: And it's not on the Let's Truck app?
0: Well I don't know how to explain this. Or do I need to go so, to actual So the, the Mighty app in our social media site there. That that's our our tribe site. There is a link in there that when you click on that link it might say shop or store i forget what it says it takes you to the let truck.com site so it's just a link yeah
5: and i it, have that app on my phone
0: yeah but if you just April. open up if if you want to make sure you're seeing everything in our store you would just open a browser mm-hmm. on your phone or your laptop or wherever like safari okay. or whatever browser you use type in let's truck.com, that takes you right to our store
5: Okay. I'm looking at it now. I'll, I'll check it out. And, uh, one more thing and I'll be finished. So I see you have that stuff in there for the dog, for the, uh, for the diarrhea. We have one of our dogs has a super sensitive tummy and he has, he's the biggest dog we have. And he eats the most expensive food because it's like super hydrologized for his super sensitive tummy. Um, everybody else pretty much eats organ meat. I try to give him organ meat added to it, but it just gives him diarrhea. Will that stuff work or yes, what what yeah, is, and, do you and,
0: and and look, we we could approach this dog. We're clearly not as good as at this with dogs as we are with people, but dogs' digestion is very similar to humans. it's It's one of the reasons they probably became you know, wolves became close companions. They followed us around. They could eat all the same food we could eat. Their digestion works very similar. So we we could technically approach this dog's digestive issues the way we do ours, and we might be able to improve some things. It sounds like the, the, the dog may have very poor fat digestion. That that's a good cause for diarrhea well, you, for fat digestion we would well, work on I mean I would I don't see why we wouldn't give a dog some um, some of the same digestive supplements we use just break them open and sprinkle them on whatever food they're eating but I, I could see giving a dog a fat digestion kit if we thought that was the problem because
5: that's my goal is to get them all off of um, off of kibble if you, uh, if, if you the,
0: want. If you want, send me the brand of dog uh, food that this dog in particular is eating and I'll take a look at it and see if there's okay. a better option. Okay,
5: yeah, I can do that. Um, on, the, on, the, uh, on which app can send it to you? On the Mighty app, the Let's Truck or the uh, Practice just cutter, the, or? the
0: best way to make sure I get it is to send an email. Do it in an email and send it to support okay. at com
5: support at let's check.com. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because I give them all light balance in their water and you'd be surprised. They love that better than regular water.
0: Good. Good. And that's really good for them. And again, yeah. we, we really can safely give a lot of the same supplements we use for humans to dogs.
5: And they eat almost everything we eat. I, I, I people look at me like I'm crazy, but you look at, How? except for, you know, they're all a couple of them are old and You know,
0: with the the dog with the the sensitive digestion, have you ever tried scrambled eggs?
5: Not all the time,
0: but he does get, they're all spoiled. Well, good. Good. I love (laughs) Our our dogs should be spoiled. I agree. Uh, Scrambled eggs would be good for a dog (laughs) like that. They're very, very easy to digest, very high in nutrition. So, you know, I would make. Eggs. If if the dog tolerates eggs well, I would make that a pretty regular part of their diet.
5: Yeah, um, and when I make their organ meat for them, I don't even put rice in it because I know it inflames our joints. And a couple of them have like, you know, bad hip like a hip or a knee or something out, and I don't want. Yeah. And if it inflames now, us, I don't want it to inflame them.
0: Now, here's one thing we should be aware of when it comes to our dogs. Our dogs do not handle a high-fat diet as well as we do. We really shouldn't push the fat limits too much with the dogs. It should be more protein. There should should be lean, oh,
5: that's all they get.
0: Yeah, leaner proteins without too much fat. I mean, we can add some small amounts, and but we really don't ever want to go high fat with a dog. They don't handle it well.
5: No. For their meat I usually either cook them uh it's it's beef. It's either the liver, the heart, or the kidney.
2: Yeah.
5: Um that's actually switch it up because one of them is a super picky eater and he gets bored. He's got me trained really well, should I say. So <laughs> Yeah,
0: that's good. No, we 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 could make improvements for this dog, no doubt.
5: Okay. I'll um what was the name of the email again and then I'll be finished so you can move on to other people.
0: Support at Let's truck.com. let's truck.com
5: all right i appreciate your time very much and uh i look forward to talking to you lauren on tuesday
1: Excellent. same i look forward Talk all right to you down, take
0: care let's go to texas dwight welcome to the program
7: Hello, Kevin and Lauren. Um, I really don't appreciate being put on hold for so long cause now I'm starving to death. <laughs> listening to all this good food.
0: I know Golly. I know i've got a, i've got a, I've got, <laughs> uh, got I've got leftover ribeye waiting on me.
7: Oh uh, well, I've got some good food and I'm gonna have to pull over here after a while we get through talking and eat some. oh my goodness uh, but speaking of cooking and eating. And like I told Angie, uh, Ben, since I've been in Texas and uh, we're grilling down here right now as we, as we speak, uh, Central <laughs> Texas is taking the brunt of most of everything on this heat. Yeah, it is. Oh, boy. It's, uh, but uh, uh, I'm kind of glad you brought up the, the green egg. Now, I don't have one, but I have um, been doing a ton of research. And, of course, the green egg comes up at the top of the list. But uh, one I'm very interested in right now is uh, that a company uh, called The Blaze that does a lot of kitchen supplies, uh, drawers and stoves. And anyway, they have a solid aluminum Komodo grill. And of course, the green egg is the Komodo style. And I've looked at. All of them, from the Green Egg to the the Golden brand, which is cast iron, and and then Weber, the Weber Summit, and so I've looked at all of them, and the only thing I say about the ceramics, they all get super re- reviews, but they do complain about their biggest complaint is how delicate they are. You know, they they don't, uh, they're not. They're not for moving around, and, uh, but my, somebody, the end of my question was I don't know how much research you've done because I think you said you got this as a gift, so, but I've been doing research, and again, let's go back to the Blaze Komodo. It is solid aluminum, 200 pounds, but all of their grills are stainless steel. What do you think about that cooking inside that aluminum? Do you think there's danger there?
0: No, because the food never, in order to get aluminum transfer, as far as I know, there has to be direct contact. So I I really, I do make sure my food does not contact aluminum. If I use aluminum foil, I use parchment paper inside. If I, you know, even when I put my steaks on an aluminum tray to carry them out to the grill, there's parchment paper. So yeah, I just avoid any direct contact. I would not be concerned that this is made out of aluminum. Uh, As far as performance goes between these kind of high-end Komodo-style grills, you would have to do an awful lot of testing to say this one's better than that one. And most of it's probably just going to be personal preference anyway. These things cook in a certain way for for two things. Their shape... uh, uh, is part of this and the ability to hold heat. So the ceramic really, really holds heat well. Cast stuff holds heat well, and this is actually cast aluminum. So I have a feeling right. that 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 has a really good heat holding capability as well. And then you've got all of these have the bottom vent and the top vent that's used to control the heat. So I have a feeling, just just pick one of these that you like. I, I just don't think there's going to be a huge difference between them, and I would not be concerned about the aluminum.
7: Right. Well, and I, but I'm leaning to, towards aluminum because, I mean, it's like, you know, I, I've still got my uh, grandmother's uh, pressure cooker, that's eighty years old, and it it was aluminum, right. you know. And right. I'm so I'm leaning towards this, and I'm like, okay, should I be concerned? Because you know, as we know, even cast, which I love the idea of cast. I'm I'm really leaning towards that one too, because I love everything cast aluminum. But you know, you drop it, and uh, but the only one that'll hold up is that aluminum. One. They they even that's part of their selling tip is they drop this thing off the back of a loading dock and oh, you got a little ding,
0: but. So I'll address that. And I'm looking at this. I didn't even know it existed. Had I known, I I may have considered this one. It looks pretty interesting. Um, But I, I don't really worry about my big green egg because it's in place now. It's I've got the big table that mine drops down into I, I don't know how mine would get damaged at this point. Now, now, I guess that was a concern we were moving it around and it's damn heavy. Um, it took several adults to get yeah. this thing in and out of a truck. Uh, but once it's in place, I, I don't know that, that that the fact that ceramic can be a little more fragile, I, I don't really see that as a big concern. Um, the inside pieces that are stone or ceramic, I could replace those if something happened. Um, but if I were looking again, I would certainly consider this one and I would not worry about the aluminum. Yeah.
7: Well, I, I I am going to have to be moving this in the future, you know, probably within the next year, maybe year and a half. And so I, I I do have that in the back of my mind. It's not like I'm, you know, I'm not leaving this property, but, uh, I will have to be moving this.
0: Yeah, no, Uh, I. I,
7: So that's the only reason really.
0: And and, like you said, the, the, I've seen pressure cookers that are, you know, 80 years old and they're still going strong and those are cast aluminum. So cast aluminum is very durable. There's no doubt.
7: Yeah. Well, the, um, well, that's kind of, I just didn't know about this. If I should be worried about, I kind of thought, no, but I, uh, you know, well, we're just, I, I'm like you, I'm just freaked out about this aluminum.
0: Lauren, you're not aware of any way that aluminum is going to contaminate the food through the air, right? I mean, we'd have to, as far as I know, we have to have direct contact.
1: I mean, well, as far I, I as I, I, know, I would think, I would think that that was the case that I have to actually touch it. Um, uh, but i would be i would be misleading you if i said that i knew for sure because i, I, I don't know for sure on, either right <laughs> right and there are a lot of things you know it's it's not you know but i wonder that about a lot of um different you know in terms of like pressure cookers in terms of um the brava that you that you rave about i was wondering like what that's all made of you know and if you have the parts that go inside the you know the brava to help you cook more functionally, you know, with all the, the different, you know, parts that are sold for it. So I do definitely wonder about this, but I've never really thought about it. And I also wonder how hot it does it get? Like, is it like the green egg? Is it going to get that hot?
0: Oh, I could, I could get get this hot. I could get one of these to a thousand degrees.
1: A thousand degrees. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my
0: my <laughs> yeah, my yeah. thermometer goes up to seven hundred, and I totally peg it at seven hundred. And I, I've shot it with temp guns, and I'm I'm sometimes exceeding a thousand degrees. Wow!
7: Yeah, they did a test on this to see how it would do, and they took it over a thousand, and just to see, and of course, it held up. You know, which not worried about that. Well, that's kind of kind of what I was leaning towards, but um, anyway, well, that's good. I, it's going to, I'll have to, I'll kick it around, um, but I'm, I am leaning to that one, and uh, Kevin, I will say, um, besides, I've only lived in one place other than Texas, and it was Beaverton, Oregon, and my family uh, is to this day addicted to cherries because of that. Experience.
0: Oh, oh, they are and, so good uh, here. Yeah,
7: jolly. I, I, we we had cherry trees in the yard. You know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Actually, all the stone fruit. So cherries, uh, peaches, plums, nectarines. All of the stone fruit we are known for. We grow a lot of it here in the Hood River Valley. And when you get it fresh and in season, so we're cherries, we're we're in the middle of cherry season right now, Um, peaches will hit here in a couple weeks and we will go pick, and there's farms here, you go pick your own, Um, we'll go pick and can peaches next. I, I love having canned fruit around. When I can buy it that fresh and that local, and then we can can it and we control all the ingredients, I love having canned fruit like that.
7: Oh, I, I, I'm going to try your recipe on that cherry salsa. I I do a similar, but I use pineapple. I never uh, thought about using cherries.
0: I when when peach season hits and the peaches are perfect, I will make peach salsa the exact same way. Yeah, yeah,
7: uh, that that's so good. Well, I'm normally when I go when I'm out there in Oregon and it's season, I'll I'm like you, I'll go buy a couple cases. And because we just devour them, I mean, it's, oh, yeah. you know, we're like a—it's it, just It's—it's yeah. hor- it's, we just gorge on them. Hey, I got—I got them in my freezer right now. There like you I said, they're in season. I, not my now, freezer, uh, in my refrigerator, in my truck.
0: Now I will say this: um, Have either one of you ever had a Rainier cherry? Yes. Okay. Yes. So the—that's
7: <laughs> my favorite.
0: The, the the standard cherry that we all tend to get in the grocery store is the Bing. Bing cherry is probably right. the most common. Red. yeah, yeah. They, they get really dark, almost black. Um, that's a Bing cherry. That's yep. what I grew up on. When I first came out of here when I was in the army and I heard about these Rainier cherries, they're yellow with a little bit of red blush on them kind of. And they're unique. I had yep. never even heard of them, and I tried them and they're good. I used to think they were the best cherry I ever had. That's that's kind of the placebo effect, I think. I think it was just that they were unique and they were different because now that I live here and I've compared them many, many times head to head, I really do prefer the Bings. Really? Yeah, Okay. I really do. We will get Rainier's and I do like them, but they don't have that deep, deep, rich cherry flavor like a really good ripe Bing cherry has. Yeah.
7: Well, I have the Bing right now. I will when I can because here... We don't get them as regular as you do.
0: You yeah, know, here they're everywhere. But, we, but yeah, we have them everywhere. Yeah,
7: right? oh
0: yeah. So, yeah. It, I'll, so I'll get
7: them. They're,
0: they're different, but the the entire forty two pounds that we canned were all bings. They were really, really good. Oh,
7: Gosh. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I can't wait for that.
0: All right, thanks, Kevin. You're welcome. Thanks, Lauren. Um, hey, Lauren. Yeah. Have you ever had a (laughs) huckleberry?
1: No, yes, no mulberry.
0: Okay, you've had mulberry. How about a marionberry?
1: No, never even heard of that.
0: So a marionberry, when you look at it, you would think it was a blackberry. It's the same size, shape and color as a blackberry, but they, the texture of them is much closer to a raspberry. So they don't really have any seeds the way blackberries do. Oh. Yeah, so they've got a really nice soft texture like a raspberry with no seeds, but they taste much, much closer to a blackberry. Really, really good. We're, we're famous for them here. They grow all over the place here. Um, not, not so much wild the way all the blackberries do out here, uh, but they grow really well um and then huckleberries are are smaller um and again those are are we're kind of famous for having them here and people get really excited about the Marionberry and berry and huckleberry season because you just don't get them anywhere else
1: interesting yeah i know i've never gosh it sounds like you guys have a lot <laughs> more berry options than you know you don't you don't see any of those berries in the store for instance
0: this is right. You don't. And, and this is berry central. The Pacific Northwest is where almost all of the berries grow. A blue, but huckleberries are more like blueberries. They look more like blueberries do. Um, Marion berries look more like blackberries do, but all of the berries grow here really well.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, We definitely don't have a bunch of different berries here, but I love blackberries and I love raspberries. So it sounds like I would love the, what did you call it, Berry?
0: Uh, Those are Marion berries.
1: Marion berry. That sounds like a dream berry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if you go to a a decent kind of upscale grocery store, there's a pretty good chance you might be able to find like a Marion berry jelly or jam. Mm. But finding okay. fresh marion berries outside of the Pacific Northwest, I don't know if I've ever seen them anywhere. Or huckleberries, same way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely haven't. So I would be, I would love if the grocery store started stocking those. Because, I, I, you know, you get kind of bored of in, day, yeah. day out. Yeah.
0: So... I, our The garden is becoming kind of berry central, and, and this fall I think I'm really mm. going to plan kind of a berry patch. And I think I'm going to—I've been hesitant oh. to put in too many berries because they're pretty permanent. I mean, once they're in, you just keep them, they get better and better every year. So I've been kind of hesitating until I kind of really worked out the garden layout and where I might want things. I may end up even moving my whole asparagus patch, which— going to kind of suck, but I, I think I may. And and now I think I'm getting to the point where by this fall, I think I'll have a pretty good idea of how I want the permanent stuff laid out. And um, I, I want berries. And then the next thing I'm going to work on um, is stone fruit trees in the yard, probably dwarf varieties, but like peaches and might as well throw in a good apple tree. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm really excited about? Have you ever seen the trees that they graft different fruits onto?
1: Mm, Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I've seen them grass trees, but I don't think I've ever seen a fruit tree grass.
0: So here's what's possible. No. So I could take, and and they're here, I could do it myself. It's a little tricky, but I think I could probably pull it off, but there are places you can buy them. They will take, let's say, they'll start with an apple tree or they'll start with a really um, hardy tree of some kind, good stock, pretty resistant to issues and what they will do then is you could take one branch coming off and graft a, a, a plum onto that branch. And then you could take another branch and you could graft on a, uh, a honey crisp apple. And then on another branch, you could graft in your favorite variety of peach. And then you could graft in your favorite variety of apricot. And you literally could end up with one tree that grows all these different fruits.
1: Wow. I had no idea you could do that. Yeah. That sounds too good to be true. I know. Isn't that kind of crazy? It's very cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I, I may do some of that. I may, you know, find a couple of, you know, three, two or three different things on a tree and have a couple you know, dwarf trees in the yard and just have a pretty good supply of, of stone fruit and berries. I love that. Yeah. All right. Are you joining me today on Twitter spaces?
1: Yes,
0: I will be there. What time are you thinking? 11.15, my time, so 15 minutes from now. Yeah, we'll shut down, take a quick break. I'll get things up and running, and we'll come back on Twitter.
1: Okay, sounds
0: good. See you then. Um, Come on over and join us. You can either keep listening on the app, we'll be live on the app, or if you want to join in, you would have to do it on your Twitter app. But uh, come on over and join us. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy, always. Do the hard work and master the journey.